0: The Kilkenny Hurling Podcast with Eddie Scalley and Robbie Dowling.
1: Brought to you by KCLR and Scoreline.ie.
0: It's the Kilkenny Hurling Podcast brought to you by KCLR. Each week, myself, Robbie Dowling and former Blacks and Whites manager Eddie Scally cast our eye over all the action from the weekend senior, intermediate and junior league and championship games, as well as looking ahead to the next round of action in Kilkenny. As always, I am joined in studio by Eddie. Eddie, how are you? I'm great, Robert, and yourself? Yeah, flying it now. Um... Not a busy weekend, I suppose. The quantity of games are turning down. The qualities are, the quality of them is getting better and better each weekend. But um, before we get into the nuts and bolts of it, uh, any kind of big story from the weekend that you'd like to start off with?
1: Um, yeah, look, it was a good weekend. I was mm. blessed enough. I got to go to uh, three matches, and I got, you know, it was, it was good to get to the three games. I got to see a junior game this weekend, and then obviously the two intermediate games yesterday. But you're a big talking point over the weekend have to be Thomas Down's performance yesterday there, it was, it was just breathtaking, it really was, there's, there's no other word for I think scored 3-14 in the first half of a mm. county semi-final, I'd say it's unheard of, but um, I was delighted to be there to see it, it was It was an absolutely brilliant performance and I really, really hope that that was the 80% performance and the next day we get to see the 100.
0: Mm, very interesting, very interesting, we will get on to that a little bit later on, just to run through the results. Over the weekend in the junior, it was quarterfinal weekend. The section B final, which also doubles as a junior quarterfinal, took place in St. John's Park <clears throat> on midday on Saturday. Dixborough were 119 to 11 point winners over James Stevens. We had live commentary of Wine Gap versus Pilltown in Moonkine. Eddie Scaly was on commentary duty for that one. Wine Gap coming out on top eventually on the scoreline of 21 points to 114. While the final game on Saturday saw Tuller quite convincingly advance to the semi finals, where they defeated Emeralds by three goals and 22 points to 2.15. There was one game on Sunday. It was incredibly tight throughout. A late St. Lockton's goal saw them come out on top against their local rival St. Patrick's by 2.12 to 111. The semifinals will take place live on KCLR this Saturday in UPMC Nolan Park at half past one. It's Ross Birkin versus Dixborough before one gap go up against St. Lockton's at half past three. We will preview those semifinals very, very shortly but before that Eddie, uh, quarter finals weekend on the junior side of things and and we'll start off with the game that you were calling in Mooncoin, Winegap, four point winners over Piltown. Very tight throughout. Was this a deserving victory for Winegap?
1: It was. Um, to be fair, like you know, throughout the game, it was, it was, it was a really, really tight game, and um, the scoreboard reflects that. Um, but it was, you know, Pilltown got the goal in the first half, and it kind of needed the goal if if you know what I mean. Winegap were kind of that little bit ahead all the time, but they got the yeah. goal. Um there was a lot of freeze in the game, you know, for both sides. Uh Ronan Ryan, I think Ronan Ryan got eight or nine points. A lot of them were from place balls. And at the same at the other side of the field, Emmett Landy, um I'd say Emmett got eight or eight points odd as well. And he a lot of them were from place balls. Sean Purcell actually took over the free taking duties. But it was it was a very, very cagey affair. Um Winegap had an opportunity to put Pilton away. They got a penalty in the second half when they had a lead up, and um, Landy struck the penalty very well, but there was a brilliant save by James Norrison the goal for um Piltown, absolutely brilliant mm-hmm. save. And then Wayne Gap mixed a sixty five and a free straight after this. So it was you know there was a there was a there was a f three or four minutes spell there where Winegap could have just Buried Piltown, yeah, and it was curtains, and they weren't able to do that. Sean Purcell took over the free-taking duties. He chipped in a couple of lovely scores from long range because it wouldn't have been easy to do it. And then for the last four or five minutes of the game, it was Piltown trying to break down the wing up defence to get a goal. Do you know, it was it was a strange it was a strange game. It wasn't one of these games where I left the pitch thinking, you know, I've seen two absolutely brilliant teams but on a huge performance. What I actually seen was two good teams balancing each other out, and it made for a it made for a pretty tight care. It was it was a hard enough spectacle to watch. It wasn't one I got lit up on. There was a few players that really stood out for me. I was. I Kevin Kevin Brophy there was playing centre forward for much of the game for Piltown you know Kevin's been around a long time um, he looks in remarkable condition he he put in a big shift there Ronan and Ryan the same Emmet um, Landy who I'd mentioned earlier on Niall Walsh was absolutely brilliant in the second half at wing forward um, the powers James Power was very very good at wing forward it was it was a good game there was another lad came on for Piltown Brandon Wheeler came on at half time Um he put in some shift at wing back. Every puck out was struck to him. He won every ball. He broke out with it, and um, you know, I I don't know why he didn't start. Um, maybe maybe he was carrying a knock or you know I I'm not involved in Piltown's management. they am not going to call it, but he was, he was absolutely he was fantastic when he did come on. Um, but Piltown will will be disappointed. They'll, they'll, they'll feel they left that behind them, and Wine Gap won't be overly happy with their own performance um, there was a lot of whites um, typical junior game i think Wengap up up to double figures on the whites count as well so it was it was it was a good hard honest game but it didn't didn't get me heart pumping at any stage in the game i you know i kind of thought there was a sense of inevitability about it for the last 15 minutes that Wengap were going to hold on and win
0: right from a pilltown point of view cause as we always say as we've been saying over the last number of weeks in championships this will be the last time we speak about uh, pilltown because they have been eliminated like, last year, your side got two late goals, Blacks and Whites, that is, to beat them in the semi-final. You, you, you very narrowly defeated them, but deservedly so. Likewise, narrowly defeated Wine gap in the county final, but deservedly so. But both games were very, very tight margins. Like, St. Lockdown's absolutely obliterated Piltown earlier this year. It never felt like Piltown got going at all. D- do you feel like they couldn't reach the same level... As last year, this year, Piltown is—is that
1: fair to say? Yeah, well, they didn't—they didn't reach the same levels uh, as last year. They did, you know. Now, but there was there was varying reasons for that. Keen Kinsler missed an awful lot of his championship through injury, and even watching Keen the other day, he—I'd say—I'd say he needed a bit more time. He, I know he played in the last round. I think he came on as a sub, scored two-two, and came back off again. Like that's how much they were minding him, right? Um, like he's a wonderful player but obviously when you're at that level you can't Wine Gap without Emmett Landy for example are in big trouble yeah. and the same thing with Piltown without Keane Kinsla um, they'd be in big trouble so I think in fairness to to Andy Kearns and the backroom team there as well they they weren't playing with a full deck of cards all year and that is the big difference with Piltown this year and last year they've missed out on a couple of really key players as you rightly say pretty average unflattering league campaign by their own standards yeah. but they weren't too worried about that it was all about knockout championship for them when they got going in it um, they'll be hugely disappointed but Piltown are still very strong like you have Wayne Gap, tipped to win this championship yeah. Wayne Gap only only barely beat Piltown they only mm-hmm. beat them by four points in the end it was a it was a very very tight game and on another day Piltown could have won that game so you know there's there's lots there's lots to be positive about, but it's very hard to be positive when you're knocked out of the Championship in the quarterfinal. You're not getting that day out in Nolan Park for a yeah. semi final. And I know people don't celebrate getting the semi finals, but there's a massive difference in getting knocked out in a semi final and getting knocked out in a quarterfinal. And I think when Piltown look back on the season, they'll be very disappointed with the season. Do you think that's the hardest thing to take for them at the moment? Not just the fact
0: that they'll probably feel like it's regression from last year because obviously they've gone out one stage earlier, but also the fact that. They haven't got back to where they did last year to almost write that wrong or give themselves a chance to write that wrong.
1: Yeah, see, this is it. And, like, you know, like, people think oh if we got beaten in the final last year if we lose the semi-final this year well then we're gone backwards and that's not always the case mm. um, it's the manner of the defeat they were beaten in a county semi-final last year and I've said this on many occasions it was the one day I actually genuinely felt we didn't deserve to win the game Piltown deserved in my opinion well, I would opinion, disagree I was, um, I was
0: actually commentating on. I thought she I, deserved it
1: but. I, think, I think for the last 8 or 10 minutes you know like Piltown had really put us to the sword for most of the game and then when we got going near the end we got back into it and got a couple of goals mm. and stuff but we kept going and kept kept trusting the process and pushing and pushing and pushing but that Piltown team that we played last year in the county semi-final would have come through beating the Piltown team that i seen against Winegap on Saturday genuinely yeah, they yeah. they were at a different level the intensity the, the ferocity of them in the challenges and all that so they've just been unlucky this year genuinely with the few injuries and things like that Piltown themselves they'll be hurting because they'll want to be back in a county semi-final they'll be you know all year they would have said look we want to get back to Nolan Park we want to get back to Nolan Park but they're going to have to unfortunately it's the season's finished now they haven't become a bad team overnight they'll still be one of the favourites to win the junior championship next year they're just going to have to go get them key players back on the field and the lads that have knocks need to winter well get back on the pitch get the management team in place uh, and just drive on because they are in my opinion they're in They're definitely in the first four. Like Dixborough are obviously on the other side of that draw. But Piltown would be the one team that's not in the semi-finals that I'd have in the semi-final.
0: Right. Do you get me? Yeah, yeah, I do understand you completely. It's very interesting. Uh, Wine gap then. I know you said there the game could have maybe went either way, but... I Again, I wasn't at this match, obviously, but from what I'd heard of the commentary and from what you've been saying to me, is it fair to say they never really got out third gear or is it more concerning that they were playing close to their best and didn't put in a great performance?
1: Um, I don't think... They, they definitely didn't put in a great performance by their own standards. Yeah. Um, I'll give you an example. Jack Doyle was corner forward. He scored two points from play. Early on in that game, Jack Doyle... I was trying to explain this to one of the lads... If you're American Jack Doyle, you're thinking to yourself, geez, I have a great game. I held him to two points. Jack Doyle hit three or four wides early in the game. You know, On another day, Jack Doyle would have had six six or seven yeah. points. So he's a player, because he's a super hurler, he's a brilliant corner forward, he's going to look at himself and say, I need to be 10% better or 20% better the next day. Michael Power, I don't remember Michael scoring from play in the game. I don't remember him scoring at all in the game. Mm-hmm. Do you know, So if you look at the starting full forward line for Wynga, they contributed three points to the scoreboard like that's right. yeah Jesus if you compare that to now I know Ronan Ryan is in the full forward line and he's on the freeze. but Keane Kinsta hit one point Ronan Ryan hit nine and uh, Billy O'Callaghan got a goal and a point in the corner you know so th- that's one line that Weingap will have to look at and say right we need G guys taking over now Winegap set up slightly different in the sense that James Power and Niall Walsh in the half forward lane hit three points on both sides so that's six points from your two starting wing forwards now Michael Power was probably out more wing forward than he was Inside a full forward, you know. So, like, are you saying to me that they, they weren't let get out of third gear They weren't L- L- Pilltown. Okay. Hit them with everything. Like yeah. it wasn't. There was more rooks and battles in the whole lot. There was no open hurling and space all over the field. It was tight. Monkoyne's pitch is actually quite tight as well. You know, I'll be told afterwards that it's the exact same size as every other pitch. Yeah, it feels. Uh, yeah, yeah, It just felt the the whole thing just to me it feels that little bit tighter. Um, it was divided space. You couldn't get space on the field. But the big players did step up on the day, like Sean. Personal put in a colossal performance, um, from Unkoin, from Wiengap, I should say, uh, Cody in the goal, absolutely brilliant. His puckouts were absolutely top notch as well. Um, there was all around the field, but they've lots to work on, and that's what you want in a quarter final. You don't want to be at a hundred percent. You want to progress in every game. But look, will that performance be enough to win a championship for them? No way. Yeah. Like if that's if that's hundred percent they're not going to win the championship but they know that I kind of got that feeling off them coming off the field they know that there's another 30% to be given here
0: Right we will get on to that uh, wine gap said Lockton's game uh, a little bit later on but the other quarterfinals, of course in the Premier Junior side of thing the one that took place on Saturday evening uh, between Tuller-Rosburkin and Emeralds tuller and quite comfortable winners over Emeralds 322-215 to 215. Did you expect that level of difference between the sides, Eddie?
1: Yeah, I did. I, like I had said it to you last week that I felt Emeralds are probably in this quarter final maybe a year or two. I know if it's going to sound silly, but I think a year or two early that their key positions are very young players in them, whereas yeah. they're coming up against a team with vast amounts of experience all around the field. The one thing I would say is like I was in and out of that score all day watching their game, and but I told her we're in total control. They were absolutely in total control. And in the last 10 or 15 minutes, Emeralds absolutely tore them apart mm. and put a bit of glass in that score. But I think Tuller were winning by 20 points at one stage. Um, yeah, they were. They'd really pulled on. The big thing for Tuller is, this is Tuller all over. Like, Tuller have no issues getting 322, 325 in a match. That's nothing new there. Concession at 215 against an Emerald side that they'd put to the sword would be a worry for me. Um you know, on a tighter game, and the whole, you can't be conceding two fifteen, but I'm sure it was a wide open match. Tuller would have been favourites for the Junior Championship for the last three years. They've come into the junior championship this year. You and I done our predictions at the start of the season and neither of us mentioned Tuller. I actually think um I think we're both going to be proven wrong on it this time. Really? <laughs> yeah, I do. I, do, right. I uh, No, I'm gonna to stick to what I predicted at the start yeah, of the so year. Will I. I'll go but with if you're gap. allowed to if I was allowed to jump ship, yeah. I know you're on my wine gap well, and I am. and I'm on, 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 on St. Lacton's, yeah. but if 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 there was a bandwagon allowed to be <laughs> hopped on, I'd be moving over slowly towards the okay. the Ross Rothbirken bandwagon. I think yeah. uh I think Tuller are going to take a lot of stopping here and I think the draw they couldn't have got a worse draw right. they're after drawing Dixborough in the semi-final mm. and I think that's the worst draw you could have got
0: the, but We'll get on to Tuller as I say and it's going to be really interesting to see what happens there but just with regards to Emeralds because they're out of the championship and they're out of the championship in a manner that is probably contrasting to most of the other junior teams that have been eliminated in the quarter-finals will that stick in their craw kind of ahead of 2024 and you think it was a sober afternoon in terms of realising how far away they are from winning a junior title?
1: Uh, look, Tuller, Tuller have the ability to do that. I said that to mm-hmm. you before. Tuller put 20-odd points on us in a game one year. Um, when Tuller are on a going day, they, they're very, very hard to stop. So like that'll hurt the Emeralds. But they're vastly young team. You know, the experience will stand to them. Um Emeralds could come back and be ten points better next year. Like there's been a rebuilding process. Taggy has said this a few times, there's been a rebuilding process there for the last number of years. The worrying thing I'd have for emeralds is they listed twenty five players in the panel the other day. Like you know, where are all the young players that are coming through? I know that they've they're fifteen on the field, but they they did a panel of ten subs that were turning up against Tuller Ross Birken who listed thirty two. I have seen teams of forty odd on the sheet. Munkhein notorious for putting forty or fifty on a panel. But they just seem to be yeah, I'm just looking at Wine Gap at thirty six named, Piltown at thirty six named. The twenty five players named, I think. You know that's the biggest thing. They need to get the bodies into the field, get everybody working together. Emeralds a good club, um, great facilities and a whole lot. I know I, I get killed for saying about clubs having good facilities, but they do. I know facilities. Well, it's a good sign of how the clubs. It's be really world, well it? run yeah. yeah, and it's just they're just having that kind of a cycle. They're just unlucky. Couple of their key players, star players, are obviously gone over the hill and retired and whatnot. And it's just up to these young lads to come along and and do them like we 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 beat Emeralds last year in the. I think we knocked them out in the first round of the championship last year. So they've yeah. gone a step further this year, they got to the quarterfinals. Um, you know, so I don't mean that to be um patronizing, but no, that's the truth. Yeah. They were knocked out in the first round of the championship by us last year. I think we beat them by four or five points from memory. I don't I don't we It's a I, I, tight enough game,
0: wasn't it? I remember
1: it was. We played them down in Conaghy. Um yeah. it wasn't a game I ever remember thinking during the game that we were in trouble, you know, a right, type yeah, of way, but yeah. it was tight enough. Um but <clears throat> They've gone to the they've they've gone on another step now. They've got to the quarter final so maybe next year the target should be to get to Nolan Park and build from there. But no, no, they're going in the right direction. I know it won't feel like that because Tuller put up a big score on them, but that's Tuller. That right. that is Tuller. Tuller, yeah. look look at Tuller's scores. They either win by absolutely pounding the scoreboard over, or they end up scoring thirteen or fourteen points and look absolutely junk and get knocked out.
0: Well, that was going to be my next question around Tuller Osberg like, what has made you sway further towards them than before? Because you've mentioned maybe that they've done this in the past in terms of hammering teams and teams that are very, very good and then maybe not backing it up the next day or even the day after with a similar level of performance. Why do you think it could be a little bit different this year?
1: I just I just think that not being the favourites this year you know not having to carry away to that expectation mm. is one of the big things I haven't heard anyone mention Tuller or Ross Barker no. in, in conversations it's is strange isn't it, was it, it is was it because
0: they got eliminated so
1: early last year it didn't help uh, I'm sure that is probably one of the main reasons because you look at the semi-finals and you say right you know like let's call it a spade, a spade. last year's semi-finals Winegap were in the semi-final mm. Pilton were in the semi-final Dixborough were in the semi-final Three of them are back in the semi-finals again you're only a new team Piltdown earned sorry two of them are back in the semi-finals Winegap and Dixborough are both back in the semi-finals again obviously Weingap knocked out Pilden sorry so you have two of them are back in the semi-finals again so but when you look at it you kind of look at the start of the championship who's going to win you look at the team that gets relegated and then you look at your four semi-finals and say right who's best placed out of these to go and do it Um, I'm going to say that they've come in under the radar you're asking me why am I changing my mind about them now I I just think there's a bit more of a level of not getting carried away down in Tullagher there seems to be a lot more serious about it that heads are being kept down I think they're hitting the ground running at the right time there was no league final this year for Tullagher they're hitting the ground right. running at the right time they're meeting the championship at the right speed I think who you know whoever beats Tullagher will be going a long way to lifting the cup mm-hmm. now but that's easy to say at the semi-final stage yeah, yeah. but I don't know and then all over the field they have They've players that I really rate. Like, obviously, Walter Welch is the marquee household name there, but I'm telling you, Keenan Donoghue, Connor Hennessy, Coleman O'Sullivan, all unbelievable players on their day. Dunna at full back, he's, he's he's very, very good on his day. Pat Hartley at centre back, his reading of the game, his intelligence on the field, they're, they're a really, really, really good side. Even Jamie Ling there in midfield, like, they've. Tuller are going to take a lot of stop and I think that they're building up the momentum nice and quick. I was very impressed by the scoreboard against Emeralds. Emeralds are a team that, you know, mm. are, are not easy to push aside. I would have expected Tuller to win. I did say that before, and I expect them to win by five or six points. The manner of the win is why I'm kinda of saying, keep an eye on this. Yeah. St. Laughlin's and St. Patrick's on Sunday this
0: eventually ended with a four point win for St. Laughlin's but only really because of a late goal it was basically a point or two in it no more throughout the entirety of this game particularly in the second half Um, for Freshford I suppose a lot of people would have expected a more comfortable margin of victory but does this go to show again something that we would alluded to a little bit earlier in the season when they somehow came out on top against Kilmacau by a point when they came back that they know how
1: to mix it up and win in different styles they definitely know how to win Um, there's there's no two ways around it Mm. risky game Um, very risky (laughs) it's it's not a game I'd like to be playing with Um, yesterday's game alright there was two red cards early in the game as well Uh, one from both sides went off the pitch so that left a 14v14 match which obviously creates a lot more space my big concern and this is how low scoring this game was 2-12 to 1-11 and you're on about a goal in the last minute um, for 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 Saint Lactans, they got to go very late in the game. Yeah. So you're looking at one twelve to one eleven in a championship match, and they're going to be coming up against somebody like Tuller or Ross, Birkin, after happening over three twenty two. Um, now it's a local derby as well, yeah. Pats and 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 Saint Lactans. So it's going to be very very tight in that sense. But I just. I wasn't overly inspired by it um, I text you at half time in the yeah. game to tell you that St. Pats were winning uh, by double scores Four it 4 points 10-5 I think yeah it yeah, was like 1-7 yeah. to 5 points it was it was double scores yeah. but I had said to you before I left the podcast last week not to write off St. Pats that they, these are uh, these are a bloody decent side St. Pats scored I'm going to say one seventeen the week before against Sleeve Rue won that game by 2 points yeah, 117 to one fifteen. Yeah. yeah real tight game so like there's not a huge amount in it. It'll be interesting. What we'll find out now is like you take the Saint, sorry, the yeah the Saint Pat's team. Like Kevin Kelly was back. Jeff Brennan, um, you know, had an absolute massive game as well. Um, like, like these are really really good. Like, Jack Saint Morrissey Pat's, it, yeah, player. they're like Saint Pat's are very good, and yeah. I, I know it's, it's too easy. It's too. I'm making it, I'm making something that's not complicated sound complicated, but I, I just can't have the fall that St Pats have taken I just can't put my thumb on it's really it's it's bananas now and something we'll talk about later on like Liz Downey got beaten yesterday in an intermediate semi-final by Munkoim Munkoim were playing junior two years ago and Liz Downey were playing senior Yeah. like there's no junior team and that has not been disrespectful to the junior championship there's no junior team now I would fancy to beat Dane's Fort who got relegated at the weekend like Dane's ford did you know what I'm saying yeah I know I get the, the, the gap the gap is wider than it's it, they're making it look like this gap is closing and it shouldn't be St. Pats that's what you'd expect from Saint Pats a very tight game if they're going to lose in a junior championship it has to be very tight right because they're too good to be there yeah Um. they're they're, they're no, when I. they're not too good to be a junior game I don't mean that uh, and yeah, you know and no, you you play at the eleven yard but they're too good to be getting hammered in junior championship matches um they'll be they'd be really disappointed to be gone out of the Championship I'm telling you St Pats would have fancied themselves this year a bit
0: right um, how do they look back on the year then is it sort of we would have won this Junior Championship if we hadn't have met St Lockton's and next year we're going to be in a really good position or is it we're out at a quarter final we were playing senior hurling and intermediate hurling not
1: too long ago my God we've deteriorated some amount well the one thing I'd say with St. Pat's is they're gonna be they're gonna be massively disappointed. Yeah. Okay? St. Pat's have Jason Feeling, Christian McInerney, Paddy McAvoy, Neg Lennon, Jack Finnegan, all out injured. Mm. The five of them would all start. All out injured at the moment. Well, four or five of them would definitely well, you know, I'm just saying four or five of them could start. That's a third of your team out injured. Do you
0: think the injuries thing though? Like it's happening to a lot of teams with the nature of the split season with games coming so thick and fast you don't have that time to recover do you think it's just something that all teams have to get over you
1: just have to deal with you need a panel this is what I was yeah. alluding to with Emeralds but the other problem you have with the Junior Championship this year and no one's giving out about it but them lads are all out in the county semi-final next weekend yeah, they played a quarter final last weekend the yeah. weekend before they played the first round this is every week um, you know it's some teams will manage that better mm. um, I remember during the Covid we were kind of saying it was like my first year you were looking at manage the emigration as best as you can losing players to emigration things like that then you're trying to manage the injuries but this is it's a massive ask I know that they'd listed 34 players but it's a huge huge ask look St. Pat's will look back on the season don't be under any illusions until St. Pats win the Junior Championship, they're not going to be happy with the performance in the season. St. Pats aren't going to be happy with getting the county semi-final or final. They want to get back up and win the Junior Championship. So they'll look back on the season, they'll be very disappointed. Looking ahead to next year, get the injuries cleared up, get the players back on the field. If there's some players going to retire, let them retire and move on. If there's lads emigrating, let them emigrate and move on and build with what you have. You know, I, I, I noticed a lot of teams this weekend and last week bringing players home. From Australia, yeah. from Dubai, the whole lot. That's okay for one season, Robbie. Don't go building your club on that now. Mm,
0: yeah, there are very, very rocky foundations to build upon. Um, so that's all the Premier Junior quarterfinals. There was one other game in junior on the weekend. It was in St. John's Park, as I said a little bit earlier. It is the Section B final, but also, of course, it doubles as a junior quarterfinal. Dixborough, we both predicted this. Very comfortable winners over James Stevens, 119 to 11 points. Um there's three teams that we're kind of focusing on for the semi-finals Dixborough again because with the greatest respect it is their second team we probably don't want to put as much focus on them Our they the favourites are certainly in the top two to go on and win the junior county title now
1: I, I tell you I was looking at this this morning right I actually think the, the semi-finals in junior are deadly they're f- ah, really, yeah, they're really close they
0: were, they were always going to be though irrespective of the draw yeah, really, but they,
1: I, yeah this is it I looked and like Dixburg got beaten on penalties last year yeah, um, Jesus yeah. I, like I love I love the fact that people would say to me that we rob Piltown wine gap absolutely <laughs> Dundee's like do, do you yeah, know what I mean
0: you want the county title that's <laughs> no, why everybody that's, says it yeah well this is <laughs> it
1: but like I remember that game and we, I know we talked about it last week on the podcast yeah, like yeah. it had it all it was just banana that stuff that crazy um, look Dixborough they're very good will they be favourites to win the championship I, I, I don't think they are I don't think they're favourites to win the championship I think um, <laughs> I think no one will want to play them no um, I, I, like if, if I was writing up a betting on, on, on the championship right now I would struggle to have any at semi final stage you should have a team that's even money or shorter, mm. like maybe one to two. There's there's no team in that that the four teams that are left in that championship, I will not be shocked to see any of the four of them win that championship. Yeah. And that's the truth. Um Dixborough put it up that James Stevens team as well, you know, there was a young lad full forward Owen Larkin, there was another young lad in midfield, Jackie Turl. He's played centre back actually, Jackie Turl. But you know, like you know what I mean? Yeah, isn't yeah. it isn't it brilliant? And I mean this as well. Isn't it absolutely brilliant the players like Owen Larkin and, and Jackie? Thirl are still in their soldiering with their club. Yeah. Um and put it out there. I mean we played against the James Stevenson a friendly a few years ago and I remember one of my lads he was so thrilled coming off the field like he got to get absolutely scotched by you Owen know, Arkin for <laughs> an hour. But I just think as a club it's it's absolutely wonderful that that players at that calibre and that level you know them boys that, that'll that tell you when lads say oh we do it because we love it that'll show you that they that, you know that yeah. is 100% the truth they do do it because they love it uh, came up against a much stronger Dixborough team much more seasoned as well Dixborough um, Dixborough are very very strong uh, going into the semi-finals so the only thing and this is coming with a big massive health warning that B section they have a much easier championship than the, the Premier Junior yeah. I think that they're not battle-hardened enough okay. going into it and even again today like you look at that coming in on the back of a 10 point win Um, the, yeah. like I know Tuller had a had a soft enough kill in the end against Emeralds but the other games were all mad tight games and I think I'd like to be going into a semi-final on the back of a really tight win Like, mm, okay. so it'll be interesting to see
0: We'll do a semi-final preview even though we have kind of half looked ahead to both games already we'll start off with Tuller, Ross Birkin and Dixburg, then Um Is it fair to say and this is with huge respect for all the players that tug out for Dixborough that we both want Tyler Rosperken to win this game for the good of the junior final and the good of maybe junior
1: hurling in Kilkenny? um, yeah. Well, look, I I want <laughs> I I I'd be much more selfish than you, Robbie. Right. Um, the reason I want Tuller to win the game is because obviously I have a few lads on the Tuller team that I know quite well, okay. and I'd love them to to go and win that junior championship. Simple as that. Um, but you are right. I've said this before. O'Loughlin Gale's intermediate team. Mm. You know, if I was allowed to pick out a team it was them that I was going to be picking out to, 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 to not win the championship or be relegated I should say and the same in the with the four semi-finalists that are left in it this semi-final in particular I'd, I'd like Tuller to win I think if Tuller win that it will mean that it'll be a senior team from a club going up if yes, you let me team, it'll also mean that you're going to have two groups of six in the junior championship next year Um you do understand that, don't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I, I did see know, you I looking was, up into the looking, sky no, here. I was looking elsewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, there's, there's two, you know, you'll have the two groups of six. Yeah. It's something that needed to be rectified. Dixborough won't care about that. Or not, yeah, Dixborough won't care about that. They don't give a shite if there's yeah. two groups of six or a group of eight and a group of five. They don't care. Hmm. Um, they'll be coming in. I think... I'd like Tuller to win and I think Tuller will win I think um, I think I, as I said to you already if you could take if you could jump ships now and hop onto the bandwagon <laughs> Tuller would be there at least if I have the jersey anyway they're the same colour jerseys yeah, as yeah. the team I backed anyway yes so.
0: very nice indeed um, close game though very very close game or Tuller just outscored them in
1: the end no, it'll be tight uh, these these two games are going to be really tight that's what I'm saying to you you, yeah. you know uh, a B's wing now would separate the four of these teams like. yeah
0: Yeah. ok so you're going for a tuller ross win Um so are you. I want to go for Dixburg just to be different. But, but you're not going uh, to yeah, go. I'm going to go with tuller and I think they will win this game. Uh, the next game, this is really interesting and the reason it's interesting, I might as well put some context on this. It's 2-0 to you as such so far and we'll get on to the relegation final in senior over the weekend. But basically, you predicted that Danes Ford and O'Loughlin Gales would go down in senior and intermediate. That has come to fruition, so it is 2-0 to you as I say. But your team, Liz Downey and intermediate that you predicted are out Dixborough and Senior are out so I have the possibility of equalizing if the Shamrocks and Thomastown win county titles. So it's 2-2 and then there's only one more prediction that we made in the first episode of this podcast and that was the junior county title and I was hoping they'd meet in the final if I'm being honest but they meet on Saturday in the junior semi-final. I've gone for Winegap to win the junior county title you've gone for St. Lockton so there is the small matter of making a junior final but more importantly there's bragging rights for myself and yourself here Eddie That's um, definitely what most people are going to mention I think, I think yeah. most people listening in would agree with that sentiment yeah. Um, but in all seriousness this could be a very very good team good game if both teams play to their potential
1: Definitely Um, you know I picked St. Lactan's at the start of the year to win the championship and genuinely I'm really really happy with my okay. selection. I'm not in any way nervous no. uh, with that selection. No
0: bottle jobs here.
1: Nope. Um I think I think St. Lactons they've had a couple of hiccups throughout the year but they've always sorted it. Yeah. They won the league, they won the league championship. I was wondering about this as well and I asked this question to you a couple of months back, or a couple of weeks back. I don't know when was the last time a team won the league championship and went on to win the league uh er, went yeah. on to win the championship. I don't know. I don't know. Um, so I'm not sure if that's helpful I, I know what is helpful is that they played wine Gap a few weeks back um, and beat them comfortably enough
0: But that and I do agree maybe there is something in that to an extent but that game got moved to a Tuesday night before their both teams were out in championship at the weekend I mean whatever about playing the week before four or five days before makes it almost utterly meaningless I presume they were shadow teams in a shadow game
1: They were I'm sure they were I, I can't tell you for a million percent they no, were but, but what yeah. I can tell you is that if 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 Tuller or if St Lacton's rested 10 players and Winegap rested 10 True. players the St Lacton's team oh, yeah, still yeah. went to Saint won the Lactin's match team. so um, I don't know the edge is with St Lacton's um, I'm sticking with St Lacton's I'm a big proud St Lacton's man like I am <laughs> <laughs> but no, I I will stick with them after watching Winegap at the weekend I definitely did drive home in the car with sweatier hands thinking oh really yeah no, okay. no. I just think I know I know how good Winegap and I know yeah. there's another level there they're seriously focused Um you know, there was a couple of times in that game it could have spilled over as well even at half time it was, I actually thought they were going to spill over because it's mad and Munkine actually descending down a tunnel together it was right underneath me mm. and I thought well this is going to kick <laughs> off uh, it didn't which means to me up are keeping their heads they're cool I did have sweat ear palms driving home but on the cold light of day and having the weekend to reflect uh, yesterday I obviously did break it during the St. Pats game but to get out the other side of it this will be a humdinger now and it's in the park next weekend really looking forward to it um, uh, no I'm going to stick with St. Lacton's right I have to get myself
0: into a good mental space ahead of this game so I'm going to kind of come up with a story to suggest why Winegap might win um, St. Lacton's that's their first championship game if I'm not mistaken against St. Pats at the weekend quarter final um, they obviously it was very very tight And I think I said this earlier in the season that maybe when you're such heavy favourites like they are and to an extent Liz Downey were heavy favourites to make a final anyway in Intermediate and they didn't happen for them obviously against Moonkine. Would you be concerned at all from their point of view that all of a sudden Championship has come they know that they're expected to win but if they lose it's going to be a massive story across the county that that weight of pressure could weigh them down in a semi-final do you think that could happen at all?
1: Uh, it could, it, look it, it, it could happen the one thing I would say to you is if it was going to happen it would have happened yesterday Okay. first round for them if you get me yeah. Wiengap up playing their first knockout championship match as well at the weekend too um, yeah. so the both of them are in the same boat that way both of them had bumps in the road both of them really struggled to get over the line mm. both of them won by four points both of them are now favourites we'd we'll say okay. and they're playing each other so I can actually your point on why yeah. St. Lockton's could lose can be reversed around and given back think so to
0: you. the same extent though yeah. I mean most people would have St. Lockton's down to win the junior championship before a ball was poked more so than one gap I would have
1: thought I don't know I don't know. Rob. I don't think so no No see the problem is when you're relegated the momentum is going that way Yeah that's true and when you're beaten in a county final the momentum is going up yeah, I'm pointing up and yeah. pointing down yes. as well. Let's you forget you're on the <laughs> people can't see what <laughs> yeah, I'm doing. Yeah, just um, <laughs> but, but that's that's the thing. You're on an upward trajectory if if you're going in that if you're coming down after a relegation you're you know that's not the easiest thing in the world to pick yourself up off um, but no I think I think it's going to be a tight game I think it'll be a really good game thankfully the two of us have picked I would have loved them to get to the county final to be sitting there watching that final no yeah. one that was going to be you know either way I think um, one of us will be gone out of championship. championship um, yeah. on, on Saturday which is unfortunate um, and look whoever it is best to look to whoever it is that goes on and wins I just think St. Lacton's alleged.
0: Right, you're obviously going with saying lockdowns. I'm going to have to stick with wine gap. So, there is um, one different prediction ahead of the weekend. Uh, that wraps up our junior talk for this week, Eddie. We're going to just go up towards the tables this weekend. So, we'll go on to the intermediate semi finals. They were both live on KCLR on Sunday afternoon in UPMC in Olin Park. The first of which saw Thomastown come out on top against Dunham by 4.24 to 16 points. So, a 20 point win for Noel Doherty's side there. While the second game saw Moonkind, surprisingly, it has to be said, defeat Liz Downey by 2.16. 16 to 110. We'll start off with the Thomastown and Dunnamaggin game because I don't know if there's a lot to talk about here other than the fact that Thomastown were sensational, and unfortunately for Dunnamaggin, I just think they didn't turn up on the day.
1: Um, yeah, it, it is fair to say. Now I think it might be the first thing I'll say is Dunnamaggin. scored 16 points. You probably won't be a mile off winning a lot of semi-finals at 16, 16 points, 16 to 20 points. would probably win would a lot. we beating Um, there you are. Would have beaten this down yesterday, um, so that's the first thing I'd say about Donegal. That they they weren't they weren't so bad. That scoreboard is, um, and I'll explain myself a bit better. The Donegal team as well. Like I got a bit of an unfair rep. Like my daughter kills me over constantly writing off Dunham which right. isn't the case I don't constantly write off Dunham like even yesterday she came to the match with me yeah. and she was moaning she was a please dad don't go on the podcast tomorrow giving up with Dunham you know <laughs> now the thing about it is Dunham played blacks and whites at my former club Thomastown who I always shout for I know they're playing Thomastown again so yeah. obviously I'm going to side with you know and they played Goran yeah and they played, the yeah, yeah, played yeah. Joe Garland in a quarter like I live in Gorin. Yeah. like I mean so look <laughs> you, don't, just, you don't want Dun & to lose you want the other team to win this is it and that's that was important so yeah. yesterday's performance John Fitzpatrick at full forward had a very good game. Joe Fitzpatrick at center four played well, but by his standards he'd be disappointed. He would have expected a bit more from himself. Michael Cody was very good. So there was a few of the Donegal lads had played quite well. Yeah. The problem was for Donegal yesterday. That is and I mean this now. That was the single best performance I have ever seen from Thomastown. Ever. In every aspect of the game. Oh. They were absolutely brilliant yeah. now I heard lads saying afterwards oh they've done this in semi-finals they've done that in semi-finals they have never done what i seen yesterday in the semi-final it was the most professional systematic brilliant performance I have ever seen from Thomastown they were just exceptional particularly in the first half they literally obliterated Dunhamagan and it was nothing that Dunhamagan could have done Thomastown to me yesterday looked like a senior team and I'm, on, I'm not on about a senior team that'll be batting relegation mm. I'm on about a senior team that'll be in the county semi-finals that's what Thomasson looked like yesterday that they were, good? oh they were exceptional everything the man that was absolutely <coughs> conducting the orchestra John Donnelly centre forward okay unbelievable only got two late points don't worry about that Okay. John Donnelly's ball the ball was in John Donnelly's hand for almost every score in that match yesterday yeah. John Donnelly was fouled I'd say for about eight points for Robbie to tap over the bar Genuine, you know. Robbie
0: Donnelly, yeah.
1: yeah. Um, John, John's performance. I know the lads gave man of the match to Robbie and I'm not taking it now. Peter MacDonald, Peter MacDonald, Macdonald got man of the match, was man it? Was yeah, it? Yeah. All right, Grant. <laughs> yeah, I'm <Like, laughs> yeah, laughing at that, yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I, I just assumed. <laughs> I think you did anyway. I might um, be wrong. I think it was Peter um, MacDonald. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> <geez>. <laughs> well, I don't know. i I seen Brendan interviewing John All and back, Peter MacDonald. i Mac- to the desk. Um, so. No, I've seen... Peter being interviewed after yeah. the game and i seen John being interviewed after the game. I don't know why I thought I heard Mark saying Robbie Donnelly was man he of the match. He was definitely
0: up for a bit, in, um, in with a big chance. But
1: for me, the man of the match. And I can only yeah. give my own opinion. Yeah. John Donnelly was man of the match for okay. me. His, it, was, it wasn't it was about his scoring. He scored two points in the last... I, I kind of joke me Eddie Doyle had come up afterwards and I said it to Eddie. He, he hadn't scored from play until the 59th minute yeah. and then he got a score in the 59th and then in the 59 and 30 seconds Mm. he got two scores like that but what John was doing yesterday was working around midfield winning his own ball turning around and bringing the players in around him getting the ball popping it off to Luke um, Canellan in the corner Jack Holden in a full forward and and Stephen Donnelly the Thomastown full forward line yesterday contributed uh, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9 3-9 to that scoreboard came off the Thomastown full forward line 3-9 like I'm telling you the feet will be dragged back down. They made a substitution about 10 minutes into the second half. They took off Brian Staunton who was having a great game and they brought on John Jo Farrell. John Jo Farrell went in at centre-back and straight away he started barking the orders around Center that
0: field. Back. Jo he Farr.
1: sat in around there in the Don't half-back, line. centre-back, wing-back in there. Yeah. He sat in that half-back line area and started roaring the instructions. But what was happening was the shape was being lost a small but He went in and settled it straight away. The other thing that I was surprised by and I should have been because I've seen him a couple of times during the year is how young this Thomastown team is like lads go on about these lads they've lost X amount of finals they've been favourites since 2017 I think to win the Intermediate Championship half of these lads th- these lads were kids when the 2017 Championship was being played Zach Bayham and that wing back Zach is only 19 is he? 19, 20 yeah, maybe at most very very young um, you know th- this is a young team Luke Cannellen as well young guy like Thomastown's team is I would say the average age Thomastown's about 23, 24 it's scary know. isn't it? well it is and yeah. I can tell you I heard you having a conversation about would this team or that team be more suited to senior hurling or would they be safe at senior hurling Thomastown won't be if Thomastown win the championship this year which I fully expect them to do now and I'll be in there in Nolan Park roaring them on as well mm. I fully expect them to win the championship do you mark my words Thomastown will be in the senior semi-final next year
0: uh, I think I said they do well but I don't think I said that fair Thomastown will be like Tullerone
1: that's what they'll be like they'll be at that level very interesting um, They're they're a fantastic fantastic team Munkine are coming up against them next I love Munkine as a team Munkine's star player who I said to you on this podcast last week I think is one of the best intermediate herders in Kilkenny Paul Hennerby got mad at a match yesterday as well at centre back they have a big decision to make because if he's going to sit and play his role at centre back John Donnelly's centre forward for Thomastown he can't sit and leave John Donnelly in 20 yards of space for the match if he does yeah. the game will be over before half time mm. but at the same time Munkine can't afford to lose Paul Henry. man and John Donnelly they're going to have to look at a plan B it'll be interesting we'll, we'll look at the intermediates yeah. finals in a couple of weeks time but for me the most complete performance I've ever seen from Thomastown was yesterday and I just hope that that was them at
0: 80% Just finally on Dunhamagan because we're going to go on to that county final between Thomastown and um, Like it's been a good season for Dunhamagan very good Their minor team also made the final, county final A. They're under 15 team on the weekend. Unfortunately, they lost to Dixborough, but they made an under 15 A final. For a country club, they're flying it. It's such a disappointing way to go out with the championship. They just need to take a couple of weeks, look back and say, this was a really good season. We got to Nolan Park. Like, we don't know what's going to happen in that county final, but if Thomastown were to promote, that's the big hitter and intermediate gone out of the way. And we'll have a serious chance of maybe going an extra step or two next year.
1: Definitely. Dunamagan as a as a year for the club. I was chatting to a guy yesterday in Nolan Park and he said, you know, what a what a what a horrible way to end the year. A big, big defeat to James yeah. Stevens in the A final, a big defeat to Dixborough in the under fifteens, and then a big defeat to Thomastown And I, I kinda didn't see it that way. You know, my 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 mindset will be the exact same as yours. What a brilliant year. You know, we're after getting to two county finals. You know, Premier A county finals. We're after getting to two of them, and we're after being beaten in an intermediate semi-final by a team who will probably be one to ten in the county final. Like Thomas Down are so oh, yeah. roaring favourites. It's not even funny. Donegal can take a lot of a lot of pride in this year that they've had they've had massive strides in the right direction and um, they they're a, they're a very good team they won't feel like that this morning they'll be disappointed and they'll be disappointed that they didn't put up more of a show against Thomastown but for me i think i think it was super and their year yesterday's performance wasn't great but the other thing I will say to you and, I, and I'm just going to point this out to you I like, like brought Chloe to the game yesterday and yeah, she your daughter Chloe right so we'd be having the crack in the whole lot and talking about games and all that about seven or eight times during the game yesterday she turned on to me and she was like wow at different things that Thomas Thomastown were doing with the ball mm. stuff that you'd never expect like I've seen a flick backwards John Donnelly went on a run yesterday Robbie and if you got a score off the run I'm not joking you would be watching it it was like Maradona's yeah. run against England <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. my god it was he flicked it over a player's head then he flicked it over another player's yeah, head yeah. and he got fouled in the end and they tapped the ball over the bar yeah. but it was just like I, I could see uh, Brendan Hennessy beside me Mark Dowling it, it, they were up on, their, on the edge of their mm. seat you know watching it yeah. it was just what are they going to do next it was it was it was genuinely one of the most fun things I've ever had right. uh, watching the way they played they were just superb 't imagine as you rightly said they've had a very good year as a club disappointing yesterday no two ways around it they would be disappointed with the scoreboard 16 points is a lot of scores in a semi-final and I mean that it would have won the other semi-final mm. so look it's, it's a disappointing end to what was a very good season Thomas Towns Juggernaut is 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 leaving the station right. now, heading towards the county final. I think you might be getting me on that one.
0: Yes, they're playing Mooncoin, who I have to say um, have been sensational, particularly since the championship started. Defeated Blacks and Whites quite comfortably. Defeated a good Saint Martin's team in the quarter final when they had to win very marginally in tough conditions. And then yesterday, because we're recording this on a Monday, of course, um, Beatles Downey by nine points in UPMC Nolan Park in an intermediate semi-final I'm not going to say the game was over by half time it certainly wasn't but it was probably over by about 40 minutes in in all honesty uh, what a performance what a result and what a sensational season they've
1: had uh, Munkine yeah absolutely fantastic uh, one of the things I'm going to love to point out to you was on, on episode 1 of this podcast we were looking at the championships and you said to me about dark horses and I said to you Munkine and I said Mooncoin as well everyone's claiming them now Robbie
0: yeah they are actually Eddie Doyle was texting me like mad yeah, who said it about Mooncoin? who yeah. said it about Mooncoyne
1: everybody Eddie
0: everybody Eddie <laughs> everybody <laughs> said it about Mooncoyne
1: <laughs> um, no they've had a really good year they're having a really good year yes. just on that semi-final first Liz Downey were very poor yesterday Um
0: Obviously, and we may as well get on to that. I mean this is
1: this is hugely surprising. Um it was. Muncoin Muncoin had a really good game plan. Muncoin play away. Muncoin have a style of hurling that they've perfected over the last four years. They haven't changed and it didn't change for yesterday's match. They continue to play the way they play. Um Paul Hennerby is sitting at centre back, mm. he sits in the Richard Reed type of role for them and mm. he plays he plays and that's the way they play. Liz Downey got caught in the hop yesterday. They were I felt so sorry. They took off Aaron Mac. Or I think it's Andrew McAvoy, is it? Yeah. They took him off after about fifteen minutes yesterday. He hit three or four frees, put them wide, um, and he got taken off. I felt so sorry for him. Yeah, it's just one of those days. Right? It was, and and that can happen. It can, yeah, um, yes, it can. But they had that problem for the whole game. If 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 Liz Downey had hit their freeze over the bar, you're you're in a different scoring. Like that young lad came off. I'd say that five different players hit freeze yesterday. Oh. Um. They missed the penalty. Yeah. Um, Like, uh, you know, they, they lost the game by nine points, wasn't it? Or was it more? Nine, yeah. They lost the game by... Because we do have a history of getting the maths wrong here, we should say. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but they I lost the game, nine game by points. nine points, right? I would safely say a, a penalty that went wide, yep. so that's six points, and I would safely say they hit nine freeze wide. Three points for the penalty and then... And I'd say they definitely hit they definitely said it missed nine freezes as well. Jesus. Yep. Yeah, that's and at that level, in a county semi final, oh, yeah. you just that, that, that can't happen. Yeah. Meanwhile at the other end of the field, um Munkine, really well organised, never to me never looked like conceding goals from play. Um even the penalty itself was you could argue it was a penalty like but you could argue it was harsh enough too, you know, the type okay. of way. Um but but for me, Liz Downey, who would have been one of the teams that everyone was expecting to go and win this championship they're they're going to be at home now today looking back on the championship season saying, This is a really poor year. Getting knocked out in the county semi final comfortably by by Munkine who they would have fancied themselves to beat. Oh yeah. Um beat them already this year in yeah, only league, some...
0: but goes sure it really was only
1: league. This is it. Um it's 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 just it's just it it was a it was a really bad day at the office. It was a it was a seriously poor game as well. Um you know from an enjoyment perspective like I really enjoyed the first game because as one sided as it was there were some brilliant scores yeah. there was great moves the whole lot this this was a different kettle of fish now Liz Downey the, the remarkable thing was how poor Liz Downey were like how yeah. flat they were yesterday in the performance I'm, I'm going to have to put the credit on Munkine and just say that Munkine didn't allow them yeah. time and space on the ball to do it um, Munkine mm-hmm. stuck to their own game plan got a brilliant goal early in the game um, Mark Kearns ghosted in and buried a goal it was it was a super goal now Um but all around the field, this 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 Mankind team, that their quality, every one of their forwards chipped in yesterday with scores. Killian Hogan was back down around midfield, hitting a couple of long range scores. Karen Quilty got a couple of brilliant points. Adam Croak. Um they, I, I, look, I I think I think I think Mankind, full value for their win. Liz Downey, they'll be disappointed when they look back. Um they'll be disappointed when they look back on the game they'll be disappointed at the performance how flat it was yesterday but I'm going to give all the credit to to, to Brendan Kyle and his team there at Munkine and say you know fair juice to them and, and they'll be out in two weeks time against Thomas Down the county final
0: You mentioned Brendan Kyle there I have to say um, I'm an absolutely huge fan and the reason for it is because I spoke to him before the game I spoke to all the managers before the game but the conviction and the level of decisiveness that he speaks with just caught me immediately this is it fair to say that Thomastown probably, in terms of personnel and individuals, that they, they have been for the last number of years and are the strongest team in intermediate by a distance. But in terms of an all-rounded, well-functioning team from one to fifteen and to the bench, Mooncoin are on a par because of how they're
1: coached and because of how the players actually come together as a collective. Yeah, Munkine, but, but, you know, they do have a couple of household, when I won't say household names, that's not fair. Some but very,
0: very good players. They do. They fans, have yeah. some
1: marquee players that, that I think always stand out for them. Um, like, they are a really, really good side. I expected them to get to a county semi-final this year. I said that to you at the start of the year. I wouldn't be surprised if they were in a semi-final or final. They're in the final now. Um, look, it's 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 a brilliant place to be in it's a county final them things can take on a life for their own all these games do Thomastown have been here done that on numerous occasions to need to get over the line um look it'll be interesting to see in fairness I think we focus on yesterday's performance now from uncoin did a really good win no injuries that I could see no players seem to be getting limping off the field at the end of the match so they have two weeks now to prepare for what will be the biggest day in the club's you know, club's history for a long time, I think, in fairness. They had an All-Ireland Junior win a couple of years ago and yeah. here they are in an intermediate final in two years two years up and they're in an intermediate final it's it's an absolutely brilliant story how fast that they're progressing through the ranks so look we'll be covering that game next week we'll it be will. looking at the build up to it um, it'll be an exciting week for both clubs an exciting two weeks I should say for both clubs yes. Thomas Town won't have to do much practicing to work oh. out where the flags are to put yes, them up before still. the county final they're well used to it so look something to really look forward to uh, as I said to you B, last weekend though, I, I, like, I, I've i always been so impressed with the way Munkine Hurl they, they're a lovely team Um, they play a really good brand of hurling and they've really good forwards out around the field Paul Hennerby then at centre back just Holds all the strength but you know, interesting couple of weeks ahead
0: and just very finally on this Eddie because I did mention how good a club Dun & are at the moment it'd be kind of a bit silly not to mention how good Munkain are you mentioned that all are in final victory in 2022 I think it was that was coming off the back of a county title and a Leinster title in 2021 on the junior side of things it's only their second year back up they find themselves in an intermediate final and very deservedly so I think it was around the late 2010, 17 or 18, I might be mistaken, our listeners might know that they won a minor A county title. Uh, you were at the club grounds at the weekend for Wine Gap and Pilltown. Like, as a club, again, very similar to Dunham Magan they're just functioning so, so well right the way through.
1: Yeah, definitely a brilliant ground in there, great committee. I know Ned Quinn obviously be a very proud Mooncoin man as well, so he'd be obviously very much, I would say, helpful in the management side of the club. But they have brilliant facilities, and um, you know, they they really are a really good club. They're going in the right direction the weekend just gone to be an awful lot of going. people leaving Nolan Park yesterday, just so proud of of this team and this this team is the flag bearers for the club these are the lads that go, went and won that junior championship a couple of years back and they had a couple of years of junior Robbie where they were the down at the junior you know they were getting the semi-finals and things like that and people were expecting more from them but they've gotten there they're in an intermediate final now um, fully deserving of their intermediate final birth um, I just I just I can't wait for the game I just the only thing that I had the the biggest thing in my head leaving Nolan Park yesterday was just how blown away I was by Thomastown and I I know that the Munkine boys would have been able to sit down and watch that match before their own game so I'm sure they were in their dressing as well thinking My God, that Thomas Town, how strong they looked. But uh, I don't know. As I said to you, we'll be building up to that game in in two weeks' time. And look, whoever's going to win it's going to win it. But I I, I just can't see how Thomas Town are going to be stopped this year.
0: Okay, we will, of course. Um, we, I think most people kind of know which way we're uh, siding, but uh, we will give our predictions and look ahead to that in more detail on next week's podcast. So that wraps up our intermediate talk. Senior then, before we get on to the senior semi-finals, which we did promise last weekend that we would um, preview in depth this week, and of course we will, uh, there was one game in senior on Saturday in Freshford. Again, it was live on KCLR. Aaron's own have survived they defeated Dane's Fort by two points a big victory for them of course commiserations to Dane's Fort. it's seven games seven defeats so maybe they can't have too many arguments about the fact that they are going to be playing intermediate hurling next year Uh, what do you make of this Eddie Um, this was I said Aaron's own to go down start of the year you said Dane's Fort. I mean we were both very very well I was close you got it right spot on Um, but by God this was an incredibly tight game throughout and Conor Fogarty's goal on the stroke of Time seemed to be
1: the difference, yeah. It was, it was most certainly the difference. Uh, Connor actually ended up getting man of the match as well. Unless I'm wrong with this no, one, too. I think, I think he did. I, so think I got two did. out of three right with my man of the matches this go. weekend. it said Paul Henry got man of the match and Connor already but I'm wrong about Robbie Don to get man of the match in the Thompson game. I think so. I have a funny feeling I'm not wrong a bit like Ross King the leash hurler oh right here we go Nick. yeah you told me that he didn't play hurling yeah well yeah. in fairness right listen I knew what I was on about I was look, on about Ross King look the if, leash I, hurler. if I
0: wanted to start up the leash hurling <laughs> podcast I'd start up the leash anyway, hurling podcast but back, to <laughs> back to this game
1: back to this game look it, it, 117 to 115 tells you everything you want to know about the two teams the positions the both of them have been in um, low scoring game you know the one thing I would say is Danes Fort will be gutted now to be gone back down oh, yeah. to Intermediate because they know how hard it is to win it the The one big thing for Dancefort is they have fair enough you know you have your Richie Hogan Paddy Hogan Paul Murphy you a few kind of senior elder statesmen in the yeah. club they have a brilliant young team Dainsford Fort. Yeah. They'll, they they'll listed out a name of 44 in the panel I've seen Anthony Ireland Wall coming on as a sub yesterday he's been out all year I'd say yesterday was the first time he'd come on in the whole season Right. Um, I don't know if you've seen him in St Cairns yeah, College he scored a goal in the All-Ireland Final for St Cairns he's a savage oh, he's a brilliant player he hasn't hurt at all he had a bad back injury hmm. and he's been out all season he came on as a sub in the game um, at the weekend uh, late in the game you know, it was obviously yeah. desperation stakes to throw him on there but he wouldn't have been able to train all season. He's had a tough year. know, um, Caseta Cass- absolutely brilliant as well. Um, I I just think Dane's Fort, they've just been a little bit unlucky. Senior grade is a really hard grade to step up into. Um, there is that bit of a gap. It takes a bit of time to get settled into it. I think for Dane's Fort, um, you know, they'll be disappointed but they're a really good young team. They're going to go into the Intermediate Championships as favourites or second favourites next year. They need to regroup, kick on, as I said before, if there's players going to be retiring or emigrating, shake their hands, wish them the best of luck and let them on. Get the panel of players that you have that are going to be there committed and been able to play and drive on and do everything you need to do to get back up to senior and make sure that when you go back up that you're in a better position to stay up. The only thing I'd
0: say about Dane's Fort, um, and just to play devil's advocate a bit, uh, they're they're going to be playing intermediate hurling next year off the back of losing all seven games which is just very demoralising in any sport whichever way you look at it there's no getting away from that you mentioned there they have young players but there's other teams with young players and you know yourself Eddie being a manager college can come into it some lads might be getting trades Um, other things in life come into it when you reach a certain age you get two, three, four injuries and all of a sudden that very young team that looked very promising is completely desolate Um, also Looking at Intermediate at the moment and this is working under the assumption, which which you probably shouldn't, that maybe Thomastown do get the better of Munkine. You're going to have a Munkine team that will feel like they have a hell of a foundation there to go on one step further uh, and win an Intermediate title. If not, Thomastown are going to be playing Intermediate Hurling again, which will give them a big chance of winning as always. You have Dunham who again will feel as though a really strong season this year and they can springboard into next year on that. Liz Downey will feel as though they had a complete damn squib of a game in the semi-final, but that they'll have a strong chance. And then you have other teams like St. Martins, Young Ireland's, who will feel as though, again, it's been a solid enough season and they can go from there. Intermediate is going to be very, very difficult to get out of next year. Arguably more difficult than it has been over the last number of years. And Danes Ford are going to be coming into it off the back of... The worst momentum possible Would you be concerned at all that they've gone down and maybe a bit like a Carrick shocker that they might find it difficult to adjust to intermediate hurling now?
1: Yeah, no. They look, it, it can definitely happen, Rob. There's no two ways around it. Um, you know, they'll they'll need to hit the ground running next year. Like they'll need to take the league serious. Um, and I'm on about the the, the All Counties leagues, the Leinster right, league if they enter the it, all of them. Yeah. yeah. I something
0: Willie Coogan said actually. He said he, I was interviewing him before the game. Uh, he's the dance sport manager for people that don't know, and he said. They played the Bourne Cup, I think it was, and they were playing intermediate teams and it did not help them at all. Do you think they need to make sure they're playing teams of a certain standard? Definitely, yeah. but
1: this is where it's important that you get your friendlies lined out yeah, and all yeah. that. I was chatting to a fella the other day and they were on about matches to played before the championship and they did like 24, 25 games played before the first round of the championship. Yeah. like That's the amount of games you want to be playing. You want as many games as you can. Um, I know what is saying about the... The, the the league shield he was probably playing against weaker sides yes. or intermediate, teams, intermediate teams when they needed to be playing against Ballyhale Shamrocks and they're like set up your friendlies to do that. Look, it's been a testing year for Danse Ford It's been hard. There's no two ways around it. But it's 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 it it is what it is. They are back at intermediate now, but I would say that they'll be in a good enough place to push on for that intermediate championship, bringing the experiences they got from this year into it go now set yourselves up for next year and this is what I'm saying I know you're on about lads doing trades and all that. get the players that are going to be committed and are going to be able to give us the time that we need and if you have that and you get a panel of 30-35 lads together then you go to the axle on them you absolutely push them to the very brink get them as fit as you can as strong as you can and drive on there and that's all you can do that's it it's as simple as that so fingers crossed and I hope for Dan's Ford fabulous place fabulous club they're going really well very unfortunate there, yeah. you know, the result they got the other day. So, look, hopefully, they can pick up the pieces next season and kick on again. Aaron's own on the flip side right, of that. Yeah. They've, they've won a relegation final for about the millionth time.
0: Well, they haven't actually been in many relegation finals, would you believe? Have they not? I don't think so. I think they usually. Get over them in a semi-final. Ironically <laughs> enough, they're always in the semi-final. But I don't think they. I remember last year anyway. They definitely met a quarter-final um, of a championship, lost to Tollerow. And I, I think generally they actually win relegation semi-finals if that makes sense. But they're yeah. always fighting relegation, or feels it, like it anyway.
1: It does. It, Look like, like for me, I, I, I like. It. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Cascomer's is a fine big place. Oh yeah. Um, you know big towns don't mean you win championships in the they're whole they're always circling that drain um, that's the problem you yeah. keep circling the drain eventually you're going to get sucked in yeah, I, um, I think I said to you at the start of the year you said to me that you thought Aaron's own would be relegated I told you I didn't think to be relegated because mm-hmm. I thought Dan's fort were were wink weak weaker yeah. than than Aaron's own and that was the big fear i had. Yeah. Thomas Down come up into intermediate. <sighs> if Thomas Down Armon Coin now, but I'm, I, I obviously i'm heavily back in Thomas Down yeah. now. If Thomas Down do come up into senior. Thomas Down aren't going to be in that relegation area so now Aaron's own are going to have to be really looking over their shoulders they need to get their act together. Conor Fowler he pulled them out of jail at the weekend. Hmm. He's the star man there. Conor Delaney had another massive shift for them as well. Um i don't know. Um I don't know what's happening with Aaron's own because to have the players it's just just to get that bounce they just need to get that bounce whether it's luck or whatever is that's devoid of it at the moment but it'll be it'll be interesting to see what happens you have to be worried for them next year though
0: I, I know I keep that kind of people are giving out to me that and going too hard on them but I'm just going off of my own club, St Martin's, where we were in that position for three, four, five years where you're in relegation semi finals, you win two or three of them, you think you're flying it, but realistically, you're down at the bottom. And unless it starts to turn where you're getting into that third and fourth place and then maybe approaching first and second in the league, you're going to be caught eventually. And especially if Thomastown go up, I mean, they're going to have to improve massively. They won one game all year, it was against Dane's Fort, with the greatest respects to Dane's Fort, they lost every game. So they're going to have to improve it a lot of a lot. Aaronson drew a couple of games during the year as well. Like, so, they did, but
1: they drew the um, last
0: game where it was utterly meaningless against Greg Bally And they drew against the Shamrocks when, let's be honest about the Shamrocks, I mean, did they give a shite, really?
1: Don't know, Robbie. I don't know. Zone um, anyway, won't mind. They're still senior That's next year. That's very true. Thomastown aren't. Um, That's very, very true. So they're fine. No, it's true. It's true. Um, so I think, look the less said the easily mended when it comes to relegation right. finals okay. Dane's Ford, unfortunately commiserations to Dane's Ford. they are yes. a really good manager in Winnie Coogan they've do. they have a big panel of players they're a young side they do. they'll bounce back Aaron's own on the other hand you know Sean Dempsey's over them Tommy Boogie and the lads in there in the backroom team they're they're always floating around that drain (laughs) pipe at the moment but they could put it right to next year as well they They have they have the players on the field there's Jamie Huland another savage hurler Jack Boogie these lads tomorrow morning they could turn around and say look we're going to really go at it next year and give it everything we have and who knows next year will be next year Anyway, for this year they've maintained their senior status they took that last week and they've got it now right okay and then We will
0: look ahead to this weekend's Senior Semi-Finals. They're both live on KCLR. It's on Sunday in UPMC Nolan Park at quarter past one. Bennett's Bridge the 2018 finalists go up against O'Loughlin Gales the 2021 finalists both teams of course losing to Ballyhale Shamrocks the Shamrocks going in search of their 6th consecutive touty- county title take on James Stevens, the 2022 finalists at quarter past 3 of course as I said both of those games are inside in the park uh, we'll just go chronologically here again Eddie Bennett's Bridge and O'Loughlin Gales I think this is going to be really really tight um, how do you see it going?
1: Yeah like it, again this is the first game on, 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 it on is. and and I definitely see I think these semi-finals as well, you could throw a blanket over these teams too. It's 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 gonna be hard when we'll talk about the second game obviously in a minute, but the Brennis Bridge strength is in their forwards. Yes. And the O'Loughlin Gales strength is in their backs. Mm-hmm. Um Kevin Blanchfield has been exceptional at midfield for the bridge. Yeah. So O'Loughlin Gales, Brian Hogan's gonna to have to look at that and try and address it mm. to make sure that he's not getting on the amount of ball he's been getting on. He's chipping him at three or four points in most games but he's, it's, it's not just that. It's the supply of ball he's putting inside into that full forward line that's going to really damage it. On the flip side for O'Loughlin Gales, they'll be happy for that game to be played in the middle third of the field. They're stacked in their half-back line. They've the Their half-back line has been exceptional this year. Yeah. Paddy Deegan, Jordan Molloy and um, David Fogarty. David Fogarty. Like, they've been exceptional. So the three lads are going to be there. In behind that, Liam Blanch is in a full forward he's he's been flying but he's going up against Hugh Lawler he is surprising. going up against Hugh Lawler yeah so <laughs> that's that's going to be titanic yes um, winning and losing in the game would you go that far um, it could be it yep. could be the winning and losing of the game I mean if Liam, if Liam Blanchfield hits two or three goals in the match you're in serious trouble yeah um, now, if Liam Blanchfield hits two or three goals off you, Lallor, Kilkenny are Kliken, you're in serious trouble. Um, That's true. This is the Kilkenny senior hurler team's full back, yes. and he's a fantastic player. Liam Blanchfield is a very, very good player as well. I, I just on the balance, when I sit down and do the sums and I mark A versus B and A versus you know down along it, on the balance of that, I actually have the O'Loughlin Gaels backs ahead of the Bennet's Bridge forwards. Yeah, I would too, I think, yeah. And that's where it's going to come down to the key battle which is going to be a midfield where I have Kevin Blanchfield ahead of the other three midfielders both to the lads yeah. for O'Loughlin Gales and, and his partner in there and then into the forwards for O'Loughlin Gales. This is where O'Loughlin Gales over the years have been accused of being um, lacking like a number of years ago Paddy Deegan in a county final against Ballyhill Shamrocks Paddy Deegan was starting a full forward. right was, yeah. Do you know? Now, he wasn't exactly he wasn't exactly weak in there in the full forward no. he absolutely lit it up but I'm pretty sure if Paddy League went in goal he'd probably be brilliant in goal um, it's it's an interesting one for O'Loughlin Gales I know they put up a huge score against James Stevens in the Shield semi-final um, albeit yeah. with, with players wrestling in the whole lot. but that irrespective to me the scoreboard still read. I think it was 5-18 or something like that that scored massive score um, this is going to be this is going to be so tight Robbie um, I'm I'm favouring O'Loughlin Gales on it on the basis that I think their six backs to a man are exceptional I think they'll 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 keep it really tight back there for Bennett's Bridge and then it won't be overly affecting them at the other end of the field on the scoreboard I think you know 123-124 will win that game for O'Loughlin Gales because right. I don't see them conceding more than that
0: there's a lot of things to talk about in this game in terms of head-to-heads personnel-wise and you know how we are both teams going to set up but for O'Loughlin's the man on the dead balls on the free 65s will be Mark Bergen we know he is about as good as it gets in Club hurling at them but he the, on the opposite side of things he has his equal in Nicky Clear for Bridge, who again is about as good as it gets in Club hurling when it comes to dead ball situations from frees and 65s how important is discipline going to be in this match?
1: Gosh, look, it's, it's massive. Like, we, we, we were talking about the intermediate semi-finals earlier and I was saying to you Liz Downey's yeah. inability to take advantage of frees and 65s ultimately cost him the game. Whereas Robbie Donnelly for Thomas Town never, never missed a free in the game, I'd say. Likewise in this, if you go in there and you lose your discipline and lose your shape, whether it's Nicky or, or Mar- Mark every one of these are punished mm. and I, and it's the way they're gone now Robbie a free from the opposition 65 up so you're giving away frees in your own half and they're, and they're being punished so from, from, from your own 45 yeah. the length of the field is a shooting range now for, for forwards so yeah. you just can't foul anymore in, in hurling. and I've watched goalkeepers now coming out and taking them like Owen Murphy taking them on the 21 and sticking them over the bar yeah. so you just can't foul it's as simple as that yeah. you just can't foul so you know they're going to have to be touch tight the only thing I would say is the best way not to foul a player is be in front of him play the ball from the front it makes it way more exciting to watch as well if a cornerback is standing in front of a corner forward it's I love it it's way more exciting because if he misses that ball it's a goal but that's what you have to do you know don't be side on be in front of him go out and play him from the front and be brave back yourself every time go for every ball like it's your ball that there's no you know 80-20 but the discipline thing as you rightly say Anyone gets caught up in this, gets caught up in any messing, any off the ball stuff, any of that type of niggling and starts giving away frees. Every single free you give away is punished. Yeah. So I often say to my lads, make it hard, make it hard for them. Don't fucking make a hero out of a taker. Yeah, yeah. if, 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 if if Robbie gets the ball and he's breaking down the wing, if I come in behind you and push you or whatever else I'm making a soft free. But if I stay with you, stay with you, get the hurling, get a hook in, do something, dive in front of you, Anything. But don't foul him and let the free-taker jog across and set himself up for 15 minutes and yeah. tap it over the black spot. So, discipline in a tight game discipline is going to be what decides it. Um, I think this is going to be fierce aggressive as well. Mm. Um, Bridge are very, very aggressive in certain areas. O'Loughlin Gales are aggressive everywhere. Right. Um, now you have you know the one or two and I'm going to sound like a, a couple of nice players Do you know yes. that type of way.
0: Yeah, I yeah, know, yeah, I get you.
1: But they've an awful lot of They've an awful lot of players now that 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 leaves the niceness off yeah. off the pitch. Off the pitch. They're lovely fellas on the pitch. They're physical, they're yeah. tough. And Bennett Spread's the same. Like the battle of Hugh Lawler and Lean and Blanchfield, they're two seriously physical men now. Yeah. They'll they'll absolutely go hammer and tongs. Mm. Paddy Regan will be belting fellas from, from here to the high heavens. Mikey Butler, the same. you know. And then you have the lovely hurlers, Jordan Malloy, Dave Fogarty, the brilliant hurlers. Owen Wall. Owen Wall, another lad. He'll, like, he'll, 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 he'll love that all day long. He'll yeah. want to hurl. And I, I can't wait for this game. I think this is going to be the game of the weekend.
0: Okay. Interesting. Um, just to pick up on one thing that you said there, you surprised me a bit by saying that. Um, the... Stephen Murphy got a point for O'Loughlin's against Mullen Avat, uh, which goes to show that long-distance freeze can be put over, as he rightly said. But against Mullen Avat, the O'Loughlin's forwards, and all of them really, with the exception of Bergen, who was on the freeze, like, they did not get going at all. Would you be concerned there that if Bennis Bridge are in any way tight and put in a half-decent performance in their backs, the O'Loughlin's just do not seem to have the firepower to trouble teams at the moment.
1: Yeah, this is the, this will be the single biggest thing that Brian Hogan and his background team will have to try and address. As I said to you, they did put up that but massive...
0: can they, And I don't like interrupting, but like I, I think I, I alluded to this earlier in the season in terms of shooting practice and things like that. Ultimately, you can't mould a forward. And it's actually something we might get onto a little bit later on about the dirt of forwards in Kilkenny, I know we've spoken about before. But like at this stage of the season, you're heading, heading for a county semi-final. Do you, do you either have them
1: or you don't really is it, no? I know you do like, but it's it's not it's not as simple as that like oh, Lachlan Gales do have forwards so Lachlan oh, they Gales do, yeah. no, not saying they, they, they don't. Knock, they knocked, like I can't remember if it was a 5 or five nineteen to hit that day in the Shield final I know it was a, a bit of a nothing game yeah. but the thing about it is it's about creating the space creating the environment yeah. for your forwards to get on the ball and make it play in the best possible position yeah. for and them Park better, this is it and I think it could like that's where they put up that big score the other thing I will say to you as well is when you're playing against a team that's trying to stop you hurling Just physically stop you, Hmm. it's much more difficult. Mulnavat set up to stop O'Loughlin Gales and then counter and break. Bennett's Bridge might too, though. They could, and it makes it really hard, but I think Bennett's Bridge, because Bennett's Bridge are so stacked in the forwards, that they can't. Are you with me? Yeah, Bridge no, strength's in the forwards so I'll they I need getcha. to go out and play hurling. Yeah. They need to go and get that ball up there. Which will suit, I know this sounds mad, but it will suit O'Loughlin Gales because they're stacked in the backs and they want that ball. Plus the O'Loughlin Gales half-back line are chipping in with five and six points in every but game as well.
0: Bridge still have Enda Morrissey and Dave Blanchfield in oh the no, back are, pseudo.
1: They, Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> what I'm saying is the, the, the Bridge uh, are very well balanced yeah. across it. But so are O'Loughlin Gales. Yeah. I'm oh. just saying O'Loughlin Gales, Bridge's main threat is in the forwards. Okay. That's where their star players are. I right. know right? you're dead right okay. end at full back has been brilliant. Yeah. Um, but the star men are in the forwards okay. and in midfield. It's it's just it's just such a it's such a hard game to call. Mm. I think what O'Loughlin Gales have been working on is patterns of play, trying to create space inside that the balls are being popped on the right in the right areas for the right lads to get on the ball um, they've been doing that quite a bit where their half-backs have been breaking out with the ball and popping scores from distance so they're well able to do it Robbie you know yeah. um, I just like, and I mean this and I'm not sitting on the fence here this is a game I know I'm siding slightly with O'Loughlin Gales but I'm in the minority on this one now and anyone I've spoken to is tipping Venice Bridge to win this game Really? Yeah like earlier in the Championship you would say you thought Bennett's Bridge could have a big say in this year's championship. Yeah, I told you I you did. were mad. Yeah. Um, but Bennett's Bridge have been have been have been really really good. Yeah. Um You know when they're good and when they're bad they're terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. O'Loughlin Gales have played within themselves a good bit in the championship. Mm. They've been like I've been to see them twice. I seen them playing Mullavat down uh, the day they played Mullavat in the league championship. League, yeah. I seen them that day and I thought they were they were okay. Yeah. You know, and then I've seen him in, in, in the other game that I'd seen him in they were it was a different kettle of fish altogether, they were absolutely brilliant. But it's 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 a hard it's a hard one to call on it. I'm I'm going with O'Loughlin Gale slightly on the basis that I know he won't do it, like, but they do have the option of pushing Paddy Deegan further up the field and dropping in somebody else into the halfback, and mm. they're blessed with backs. Be some brave move for Brian Hogan to start Paddy Hogan. <laughs> yeah, be mad, uh,
0: wouldn't it? It stage. won't
1: happen. No, I don't, don't see <laughs> it happening. No, no, but I um, know. Ah, I think. I think. I think it won't be a. This is this will sound stupid now, but I don't think it'll be a massively high-scoring game. No, neither do I. Um, and that's why I think one twenty-four, one twenty-five will win it.
0: I'll go with O'Loughlin's as well. I think. Yeah, I think the bridge will be stopped. I. I I just think O'Loughlin's look very good I think um, their balance is incredible uh, I, I think they're lacking the forwards if it were to come to a county final against the Shamrocks which again we'll get on to the Shamrocks in the village but I have to say uh, I think in terms of we were t- chatting about Munkine there in terms of a well-rounded team I think they're almost a senior uh the senior team that you could compare to Munkey in terms of just from one to fifteen, very very solid throughout, and I think that'll see them true against most teams, and I think it'll see them it true against Benasbridge. So I'm gonna say that my team, Benasbridge, who I who I um, said wore dark horses from the start, unfortunately might come to an end from this weekend. But I tell you what, this is about as hard as it is to call, isn't it?
1: Oh, definitely. But sure, look, this is what you want. You don't you want do, predictability. Yeah, yeah. Like I mean, the junior four semi-finals, the four teams left in the junior championship, any of them can win it. You don't want predictability. Yeah the senior here we are first semi-final or O'Loughlin Gales I don't know what way the bookies have it up I'll have a look in a second mm-hmm. actually but I would I would say O'Loughlin Gales are slight favourites and I think I think uh, the, the bookies would probably have that right for me anyway I'm going to go one score game I think it'll be I think it'll be a, an absolute cracker
0: Same I'm going to go one score victory for O'Loughlin's. Um Shamrocks and the village then I think I haven't looked this up we do no research I have to say we're too lazy so-and-so's uh, going into this well I certainly am uh, I think this could be the f- fifth season in a row that the Shamrocks and the Village meet in the championship uh, 2019 semi-final 2020 semi-final 21 semi-final something like that and then
1: last year in a final
0: last year in a final and there was another final in there sorry around I think it could have been 2019 um they met in a final or something like that instead of a semi final. Uh, our listeners will know anyway. But nevertheless, they do tend to meet in the latter stages of the championship and the Shamrocks have come out on top every single time in recent years. Is there any reason why that will change this weekend? Other than Brian Cody being the manager.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, so the betting anyway in the championship. Okay, here we go. Sorry. So Ballyhead Shamrocks are favourites of five yeah. to six, which is surprise, pretty much even surprise. money. Yeah. Oh, Gales are second favourites of three to one. Yeah. James Stevens are nine to two. And Bennett's Bridge are eleven to two. So the Bennett's Bridge are the biggest outsiders in the championship. It's a bit mad, isn't it? Well it is that they're the biggest outsiders in the championship when Bally Hale are fight six and yeah, playing James Stevens. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's interesting, but look, that's why bookmakers has has been told to me before, you'll never see a bookmaker walking home from a racetrack. Very true. Um but right, back to this. Is there any reason that Bally Hale won't win on Sunday? Yeah. Right. As I said to you from the start of the year, Bally Hale win the championship. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, right. So okay, so as I did say at the start of the year that I felt that this Ballyhale team won't win the championship. Right. I think
0: that's the word the phrase you used.
1: I did. Um and I'm gonna sell you something now. <laughs> I still think they won't win the championship. Okay. Um and I also will point out that I wanted to win the championship yes. like Thomas Town yeah, I, I, I do all um, yeah. I, I would be a person that shouts for Shamrocks Ballyhale yeah. all the time No issue no You're no big issues.
0: into the favourites
1: aren't you? I am Yeah hugely um, Bandwagoner yeah. here Unbelievable Absolutely. stuff yeah, Sure and yeah. rugby jerseys yeah. i home and <laughs> But I know but I, like I would I tell you what I would be I'd be very fond of clubs that, that do I've I've had any relationship or yeah. a partnership and done stuff with no, that's fair, The yeah. Shamrocks will be one club that we've done a huge amount between with work and the whole lot and yeah. I loved it I, I really love the whole ethos of the club I, the reason I feel this year that they're going to be caught is that the clock the miles on the clock are massive and again the other day now I know one of the lads texted me after the podcast and said to me that Colin will be fine um, for the semi-final that Colin will play yeah. Like I seen the pain that that man was in for, for sixty minutes. I think he played fifty odd minutes and then came off. But like yeah. Pat Hoban made a point that to drag him off the pitch like yeah. he didn't yeah. want to come home. He still scored a point late in the game, even though he couldn't walk. He set up a goal that no other forward would have done. His his presence alone is just such a, a massive thing. Um Derek Hawkern looked like he was really struggling at the end of the game as well. He was he was lame enough now, he wouldn't have passed the vet um coming off like he yeah. was he was definitely lame. Um and it's just, for me, I just feel that the the amount of load put on these lads over the last number of years, it's it's starting to show. I'd agree. And I think that's oh, yeah. where the issue is. Now, f- the other problem you have is, and I mean this, if Hale aren't caught this year, then you have to really take a look at it. Because if they get a chance to regroup and bodies that have been out, like we haven't, Darren Mullin hasn't hurled it all this year. Brian Cody, um, Brian Cody yeah, Joy now, Holden. If they start coming back and they couldn't get stopped when we're missing these lats where's everybody else? Well we said this at the start of the year and I,
0: I don't know I can't remember what you said I don't think you were too hard on it but if the Shamrocks do win the next two
1: games it's not good for Kenny Hurley It's not good really. for is it. No, what it's not. Not
0: in terms of its but
1: like the, they're the, a great team. But the other clubs. The point I made to you was, mm. I said it's not the end of the world because Ballyhale are the All Ireland Club Champions. They're Yeah, they're going beating everybody else. But what I would say is, we were at the county final last year, and although James Stevens will look back at the scoreboard and say it was a tight game and the whole lot, you were sitting beside me for the match. Yeah, there was never a time in that game we didn't think Ballyhale were going to win. No, I didn't.
0: I guess they did that thing where they go on a run of about eight, nine points in a row, and it was so middle third of field. I just and that so was after
1: been down to myself. fourteen men. Yeah and um, Paddy Mullen had got sent off. Mm. I know late in the game I think the village hit the crossbar from a strike they as did, well. Yeah, it would have been a great goal and stuff like that. Do you know but the game was gone. It uh, was what, do You it know, no I don't know what the final score was. Did they win by four or five I points it was in the four end? four or five in the end, but it's got a late goal I think. Yeah, yeah. But it's a nothing score. Like four or five points is nothing in a hurling match. No. Um Going into the weekend Keen Kenny will be back for the village. Um Blue Scannons having an inspired season. He is for them um, so he's going to cause huge problems where he positions is going to be a big call um, you know he's been listed at midfield in every single game and I, I've seen James Stevens playing four times I think this year I've only seen Luke Scanlon play midfield in one he seems to play kind of in around centre forward if you get me I'm, I'm saying he's in yeah. that half forward but you're going into that semi-final now Ballyhale. Ballyhill if Luke Scanlon goes at centre forward it's a bit like the Richie Reid scenario Richie Reid has that tendency to drop off and protect the full backline but work like the quarterback uh, winning a lot of ball distribution he was brilliant the last day absolutely brilliant the last day particularly when they went down to 14 yeah. men. he got them over the line um, that'll be a huge battle because Richie's going to have to have his, he'll have his hands full with Luke Scanlon as well if Luke is in or around there and what Luke can do which is really good is he can drift in and out of games and I don't mean this as a po- I mean not mean as a negative I mean as a positive but Luke Scanlon can do is you can drift out of a position so the ball is moving down the right wing Luke Scannon has this tendency to kind of just drift away from where the possession is and he just seems to end up in the right place with space and next thing a ball's popped back to him in the pocket and he's popping it over the bar he, he he kind of turns up in positions where you wouldn't expect to find him if you get me Um, he could be the third man on a run on an attack where there's two other players are after him forward he's the third lad at the end of that tail the next thing, the ball pops back and he's tapping it over the bar Um, so he's going to be a handful for for Ballyhale as well. There's you know there's no two ways around it. Um I think I think this game is going to be tighter than people think. Um everyone is writing off um James Stevens. I haven't heard one person met me has said that James Stevens have any chance in this game. Um Owen Cody obviously absolutely on fire. TJ Reid's absolutely on fire. Adrian Mullen is absolutely on fire. Like they're all going to start in the half-forward line again Colin Fenley's going to be in a full forward it's it's a frightening prospect for, for, for James Stevens. Shamrocks Ballyhale are, are just an exceptional side I still think they won't win the championship so they're either going to get caught this week or in the county final so right. for the crack I'm going to say I'm going to go with James Stevens. Wow really? I think genuinely I think the Shamrocks are going to be beaten this year it's either going to be this Sunday or in two weeks time right Um. I think I think they could be caught. Um, look, it's it's highly unlikely, and I'm I'm doing it because I know you're going to be back In the Shamrocks anyway. Oh, yeah. But you're going to go with them for a comfortable win, are you? No. no. What's that mean? I don't know. You don't know. I think they could. Right. I so what's comfortable? You could win ten or eleven points. No, five or six.
0: But like a five or six, where you're never really in doubt, a bit like last year's county final. I do think so yeah. yeah I just think what I said at the start of the year has been proven right and I, I know that sounds a bit arrogant but um, <laughs> <laughs> Just a little bit <laughs> Well but, you know like as I said yeah, earlier yeah. this year But I think I said it about um, Mullen, Cody and Reid when they all turn up I think they're unstoppable and I think that was proven against Dixborough who are the second best team in Klkenny I think and they couldn't even beat them with Mullen, Reid and Cody turning up on the day and you could argue even on Cody wasn't maybe at his absolute best and they still bet them, so I just don't see how the village win this. I think those three players turn it on for the Shamrocks in the biggest game, and I think they'll win this. Yeah, it's,
1: it's hard. It's hard. Look, it, it is really hard. I know what I'm saying I'm only doing it for a bit like last week. I, I I had said to you, I thought Winegap would be Piltown, but I went for Piltown then for, for, for the crack too. Um, I think this game, regardless of who wins this game, it'll be tighter than people think. Uh, five or six points is a real tight game. Um, For me, anyway, I think it'll be very, very tight. Five or six points is very tight. What what James Stevens have to do? James Stevens conceded five goals against the Lachlan Gales, who we've all agreed aren't the most potent, yeah. deadly forward line in the country. If James Stevens are going to be porous at the back like that, they're going to be destroyed mm. on Sunday, and I mean destroyed. Now, the James Stevens performance against Greg Bally Callan versus the Ballyhill performance versus Dixborough Shamrock would have beaten James Stevens 20 points. Yeah. I just, James Stevens will be delighted to get over that hurdle. They were poor against Greg Ballycallan. Yeah. And I can tell you, if you talk to any Greg Ballycallan person, the reason they'll be so disappointed that they got knocked out of the championship wasn't because they got knocked out by James Stevens, it was because they got knocked out on a bad performance. Mm. They were poor. And what did they lose by in the end? Six. So, six hundred, five, six, five or six, six. points yeah. after a poor performance where their big players didn't turn up. Yeah. This is that's the worry I'd have for James Stevens. I think if James Stevens can be involved in a real tight game, I need to come out the other side of it. But I think there is a risk. There is a risk that if James Stevens turn up flat like they did the last day against Greg Ballycallan, they'll be they'll be they'll be found out and they could be absolutely they could be gone home at half time. Right. But okay. I hope it's not the case. That's why I'm marking the first game down as an absolute belter. Mm. I can see nothing in that first game, only fireworks. Yeah. The the second game could go one or two ways. It, yeah. it could end up being real tight. James Stevens getting over nine or Shamrocks absolutely blitz them Right
0: okay so I'm going for a Shamrocks or Lachlan Gales final you're going for an All-City final then the Village against O'Loughlin's on Sunday October 29th we will see how it goes this weekend there are four live games on KCLR this weekend just to let people know the junior semi-finals on Saturday at half past one it's Tuller-Rosburkin versus Dixborough at half past three it's Wingap versus St. Loughlin's they're both in Nolan Park as are the senior semi-finals on Sunday that we were just discussing with O'Loughlin Gales going up against Bridge at quarter past one then at quarter past three we'll be back in the park for the village versus Ballyhill-Shamrocks that's all to come this weekend Eddie, we always end on a general discussion. And I think we alluded to this around episode three or four of the podcast about development squads. And then we kind of went on a bit of a tangent about players that are being selected on Kilkenny teams, uh, but with a particular focus on the senior team. I want to talk about that a lot more in depth now, and um, not for too long, but we'll have a proper uh, chat about it. It was a really hot topic of discussion on scoreline at the weekend. We got so many texts coming in about it that basically there were four intermediate teams on the radio. There were four intermediate teams in Nolan Park. They're the four best teams this year in that grade. Semi-finals taking place. Across the four panels, there could be over 100 players. I presume there are between the yeah. four of them. If they have four panels, 30 players each we will say I'd average out at well over 100. Um, one of them is a the Kenny panel that we know of. John Donnelly unless there's someone on the extended panels or whatever but in and around that team or panel it's John Donnelly a lot of listeners very frustrated with the fact that so and so wasn't picked this person should be picked that person should be picked you've alluded to this before I haven't really got into it myself would you be concerned at all that we're not looking beyond the senior grade and that players that are starring at junior and intermediate aren't getting a look in with the Kenny senior hurling panel
1: Um look <clears throat> right First and foremost Two players At the weekend Were involved uh, In Thales is the soapkeeper For Kilkenny isn't he I, I don't know Is he Is it <laughs> not Darren Brennan From St Lockton's Possibly is uh, Thales was definitely In there with that Kilkenny panel I, I, I've seen him playing In goal for Kilkenny I think I have Underage set up Definitely um, I thought he was in there This year with Could the... have been in With the panel um, So Look Look, it's 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 a really hard one. I'm trying to bring up the panel for the All Ireland final while I'm talking to you at the Same time, yeah. Um, so that's what I'm actually pulling up here. So maybe you might do. You have a computer in front of you. It's easier okay, for you. I'll have a look. Yeah. So the the Kilkenny senior hurling final for for the All Ireland final day. I want to just have a look at that, um, yep. and we can go and have a look at it a bit more in depth. So first and foremost, anyway, the, it's like if you look at it right, where were Kilkenny lacking in? The all out of final. Well, this is what I was going to get on to anyway, the yeah. forwards. So, if, we, if we're saying that we're lacking in the forwards, right, we'll come back to that in one second. So, first of all, in goal for Kilkenny is Owen Murphy, who is the best goalkeeper in the country. Okay?
0: Yeah, no, just, sorry, just to say it before you go, because I don't want to interrupt you while you're in free flow. Um, Darren Brennan was the sub goalie. Aidan Talis wasn't named on the bench. Whether he was on the extended panel, I will find out. But Darren
1: Brennan definitely from St. Lockins is the sub goalie. Hold on. From St Lactans Yeah Which is junior team Yeah Okay so Right So we've <clears throat> So we're saying that there's not enough Of a mix So because of the intermediate games That were on yesterday um, There was a few players That weren't in there But The Kilkenny starting team In the All-Ireland final Okay Was In the half-order The Tom Feeling from Conaghy Shamrocks Mossy Keown From Tullerone And John Donnelly from Thomastown and then the full forward line was Billy Ryan, Greg Ballycallan, uh TJ Reid and Owen Cody, right? Mm. So what you have to do is it's all it's it's too simplistic to turn around and say, alright, there was a hundred players involved at the weekend that aren't in the Kilkenny panels. So what I'm gonna do is, first of all, there wasn't a hundred players involved in the four semi in the two finals. Mm. There was at most I'm gonna say 60. That's the starting 15s because there's no player as someone in an intermediate county team, club team that should be on the county team. You with me? Oh, yeah. So you go with your two your two starting 15 So that's 60 players. Okay. And of that, 60 players, with the exception of, say, like a Tullerone or a Ballyhale, where you end up with five players, a club would generally have maybe two, maybe three players, an exceptional club might have three players in with the senior panel so that now brings it back down to a window of about 12 players that you have to try and find now on that there Jay Burke was involved with the Kenny Senior Hurling team at the start of the season he was full back for Thomastown yesterday um, obviously John Donnelly is in there I'm pretty sure without knowing for a fact I'm pretty sure Robbie Donnelly has been in and around that panel. Um, Wickley-Kenny, I'm pretty sure he's, he's got a run-out with them as well. Um, I know one or two of the lads from Young Ireland have had a run-out with the county team. I know they're not. Obviously, they didn't get to the semi-finals. Yeah. I don't know enough of, say, the Dunham-Agan players in the whole lot. Like, the problem you have is, and it's a double-sided one, Okay, and I'm sorry for giving you a long-winded answer no, to that no, question, because I know it. people get annoyed about it. And I said it to you about, I wasn't annoyed that no blacks and whites player med the Kilkenny panel for an all-around final I was annoyed that no and White's player was given the opportunity well, to go in and try out Well what I it. was saying on scoreline But what I'm saying is I knew that because the club I was involved in Yeah I know that none of my players were invited in None Yeah And I thought that was a little bit unfair When teams that we were beating were getting players invited into the panel and I thought that was very unfair and I know lads might say we were a well-rounded team Ryan Murphy scored 10 or 11 points in a county final mm. never got a, a question asked him Sam Byrne has been absolutely exceptional this year at Intermediate Sam Byrne like he 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 has to get a call in to go and give him a try in December and let him work out for four weeks and see how it goes that's one side of it so there's a load of these lads that you don't know in Thomastown in Dunhamagan in Munkhain and in Liz Downey there's lots of these fellas that could have been invited in that we don't know we know that yeah that's true as well okay so we don't know that if they were or they weren't now there's two other things that have to be allowed for here number one is not every player wants to play for Kilkenny and I said this as well they don't want to give up that commitment some people
0: are a little bit stunned by this
1: but some people just don't want to play for Kilkenny no and it's not that they don't it's not I'd love to play for Kilkenny Mm. the problem I have is I'm shite Right. So that's why I won't get to play for the Kenny. And I'm forty four and I'm about eight stone overweight. So <laughs> all of these things factored in together, Brian Cody never gave me you a look. Do it, <laughs> you can do <laughs> it
0: Eddie. You can do so, it.
1: So that's that's the issue you have, right? But what you do have is like I've had players, um, more so th- this year with with, with Bagniston, I had players this year that didn't want to commit to the intercounty county scene yeah. because they didn't want to go that that, that commitment level that's required. It's five nights a week. It's not two nights a week. It's not Tuesdays and Fridays. And This
0: mean. is what I was saying. Sorry to interrupt Eddie but what I was saying when people were texting in I think some people don't understand to an extent and I don't understand either because obviously I'm not good enough and I won't be on the intercounty panel in Kenny. but you're talking about coming in like it's starting I'm going to presume next month in terms of if it hasn't started already your gym oh, next month yeah, yeah. So you're talking about Some player might come into the panel, get next month all the way through to the end of the league, say, and then be dropped. So you're talking about end of April, start in November. That's six months of your life that you're giving, you're you're just giving up for the Kenny Ireland panel. That could end in failure. Or it works out for you and you're sitting on the bench all year or maybe even get to start. And it's the whole year because by the time the all Ireland final comes or the semi-final, which Kenny are going to make generally, basically two weeks later the club season rolls around so you're giving up your whole year to Ireland so some people actually just don't want to be involved
1: yeah well I think you're dead right Um, the the problem you have and this is it most inter-county teams will start back the last week in November first week in December okay that's when it starts back so you'll have extended panels you'll have about 60 players brought back in now what will happen at that early stage in the championship is maybe 8 or 10 or even more of that starting team from the All-Ireland final won't be there they'll be told to come back in in January to take the extra four weeks or six weeks now this is in general I'm not saying I don't know what Derek Ling's um, process will be but this will be be most county teams processes so they'll come in there'll be 50 or 60 players come in the players will sit down and why I want players involved with county panels if I'm involved with my team if there's an opportunity for me to get a player in a county panel I want them in there because they're opening themselves up to professionalism mm. Their nutritionists are going to be there in front of them strength and conditioning coaches are going to be there in front of them they're going to have the best coaching they're going to have all that so the foundation work will be done and clubs should be driving players to go in there I'll give you a lift in yeah. so that's the first side of it the second side of it then is that the, the, the Walsh Cups and things like that start pitches are absolutely shite they're mucked up to the eyeballs you're going out and you're playing on a slow pitch it's yeah. horrible and if you're a player like say Luke Scannon that wants to be on a yeah, bullet like fast surface right. and you're running yeah. around yeah. you're slogging out you're not going to show yourself up to the standard that you can the
0: only thing I'd say about that I said that as well yesterday on scoreline because this chat went on for a lot longer than we thought I would buffer that by saying it's all right being a good hurler on a sunny day and I think it's important to remember all there in finals generally even though it wasn't this year are played on sunny days and you need players that can play in those conditions but ultimately if you aren't in the panel and you're given your chance whether that's in the lashing rain and the freezing cold in January or in the summer I think you do have to take your chance Eddie one no, way or another I,
1: listen you do but like the other side of it too is if I'm in there corner forward and I'm trying to make that senior mm-hmm. Ireland team and I'm in there working my arse off I want Adrian Mullen out with midfield putting the ball into that's me in the true, corner so. forward position I don't want um, Robbie Dowling from, yeah. from St Martins out there right. I want the best players to give me the best ball because that's what'll happen so I'd like to be getting an opportunity in the latter parts of the season but the question that's asked is are we are we going deep enough and wide enough to find yeah. these players I think most clubs and Derek Ling you mark my words on this I guarantee if you were a club and you picked up the phone and rang Derek Ling and said to Derek Derek we have an exceptional player here in our club he really needs to get a look in is there any chance you'd have a look at him I guarantee the answer you get from Derek Ling is yes no two ways around it. Yeah. I guarantee he'd say, "Leave it with me, Ed. I'll come back to you." Yeah. And he will look at that player. That'll happen. And it's he's his backroom team. I see them at all the games. Yeah,
0: that's what I said. This as well. They know hurling. They do. Yeah, know what it takes to get to an All Ireland final. They're not too far away
1: at all. Well, R- 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 Ricey's in there as a selector. Carrick shocking. I said this Sh- as well. Sam He probably Mark Sam Byrne yeah, this year yeah. in the championship. So he know if he feels that he's up yeah. to it or not. And if he doesn't, that's his job. You yeah. have a to selector. remember,
0: it was their first year coming off the back of a man that won eleven All Irelands and managed the team for twenty four years. So oh, they were probably on. just trying to settle in as well.
1: And I can tell you something for nothing as well. I'd say there was an awful lot of players were fearful to go in under Brian Cody. I think this opens up the door hugely. You have to remember people that have. Preconceptions of what way Brian yeah. Cody is going to be as a manager, as a person, yeah. and he's a fearful. He's a very intimidating-looking figure. Whereas Derek Ling isn't that striking, imposing, intimidating figure. Like if you're a young player and you want to go in there, you're, he's the type of player you'd love to go up to and say to him, "Listen, can I have a chance? Will you ever look at me and whatever?" And I'm sure he would. It's yeah. um, it's 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 very easy for people to just look at the bare bones of it and say. Um, oh there's no one on the panel from this there's no one on the panel from I, that. I
0: think that's a way too simplistic it element. is but there's three
1: there's three junior players in a panel of 30 Yeah, that we can think of off the top for heads that's the sub goalkeeper that's Wally Welch Billy Drennan and Billy Drennan there and was
0: f- five of the 26 players named in the all ireland final
1: panel were outside of senior the other 21 were senior club hurlers. so there was three three junior and two three junior and two, two, intermediate. two intermediates <laughs> uh, and the rest of them are seniors starting in an All-Ireland final, Connie Shamrocks is in- intermediate and Thomastown yeah. so there was two intermediate players starting on the team and, and the other 13 and Richie Hogan if you want to include him uh, was there as Danes Ford which would have been intermediate at the time I suppose well, they would have been promoted yeah you're correct promoted, yeah. Um, and then you have obviously Wally there Billy Drennan is there as well so like it it, it, it is like it's not it's the simple fact. Of the matter is, where are the best Kilkenny hurlers going to be playing? They're going to be playing at senior. You have a major issue if the Kilkenny senior hurling team is stacked with junior players. I agree with that too. Um, you know, and that's the other side of it. There is because this argument could go on forever. There is two other things I would suggest, and this is just a small one, suggestion.
0: Because yeah, I want to say something too. <laughs> Number one is.
1: I, I was chatting to a lad at the Ireland rugby match at the weekend. We were in the pub on the bandwagon up there at my Ireland jersey yeah, on me yeah. racking it out there. Sure, we were rugby ball everywhere.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, you know everything about rugby. Ah, oh, come 100%. here. Could have played for Ireland. Yeah. But
1: I, I didn't even need to say it. No. And the thing about it was we were sitting there having a couple of points and he said it to me about the intermediate. Um, There was about five or six county teams at intermediate teams and he used to play each other in a kind of round robin yeah. competition. He actually felt that was a brilliant system he'd played intermediate for Kilkenny himself there was a few lads from Blacks and Whites who played intermediate with Kilkenny mm. but it gave them an opportunity to play in that type of an environment and put them in the shop window that genuinely did happen and he named a heap of Kenny Hurlers that came through that line. That's number one is something that could be reinvented. The other thing i seen happening in Wexford a number of years ago and it was fantastic at the time Jason Ryan came in and took over the Wexford senior football team. They got to an all-Ireland semi-final Jason Ryan managed them in football which is yeah. you think about this the Wexford senior football team not a Hurling team.
0: 2010 I think was yeah. it. Really? He got
1: them to an all-Ireland football semi-final yeah. and I remember when he took over as manager the first year he was in there he split the county in four and he had the north, the west, the south and the east right? And what they done was there was a regional thing and in November that year before he picked his extended panel he'd done a regional competition. So the North was managed by a selector on his panel and a backroom team made up of that region. The South was managed by another selector on his panel and so on and so forth. And he ended up going and watching them matches. I went to a few games as well because teams I was involved with had players in it. And you went down and watched them. The games were played at a really good competitive level. There was nothing on the line. There was an old cup at the end of it. They played it over four Friday nights in November. And the The Wexford senior football panel was picked off that. And I thought it was a brilliant system. He ended up getting to look at about 100 players. It didn't matter what club you were from. Every club was contacted and was told, this is what we're doing. If you've got a player that you think is good enough to be on this team, send them on to us. And all them players were sent down into that room, and every single one of them players got to play three matches. And they got a chance. So there might be 15 lads starting and five lads coming on a sub. Some of the panels were bigger than the other panels. But it was a brilliant opportunity for a lad to be in a shop window for an inter-county manager to have a look at it. Maybe that's something that could happen. The Kekele Championship, nice and condensed as it is, I was able to go and watch three matches at the weekend. Um, it gets easier now because it's it, yeah. it, you know it's filling up. I could have potentially, I could have went and watched the Tullerher match as well if I wanted to. I could have got the four games in because it was on the route home, if you know what I mean. Yeah. I would have pulled in and missed the first 15 minutes. So I'm sure Derek Ling has his I, people at every match yeah. so look it is what it is you the point did you want to make. Yeah, there's a
0: few things I want to say we spoke about development squads in the past I'm not a big fan of them I think this is a point to be spoken about. Kilkenny lacking the forward line. I don't think the development squads have brought two forwards at all. We just seem to be lacking that forward that usually we have each generation, whether we go back um, towards Eddie Kerr, Henry Shefflin, TJ Reid. I don't know where the next forward is coming from. Hopefully, we have a star forward like that. And we just seem to be completely lacking. it. I'm not sure if the development squads are developing these players, hopefully with Michael Fenley and it will change. But I don't think they've been fruitful for Kilkenny hurling at all. The second thing I would say is, And you're at the matches a lot more than I am, Eddie. I just have a list of players here that I wrote down off the top of my head. Luke Scanlon, Liam Blanchfield, Colin Fennelly, Joy Holden, Jerry Elbert, Bill Sheehan. they are just some players, there's more. They seem to be starring for their clubs this year or have starred for their clubs this year or in previous years on the club side of things. They've all been involved with the Kilkenny panel. Would you be concerned at all that the best players in the Kilkenny Club Championship seem to be either the players that are in the panel at the moment, which you would expect and you would want it to be the case, or players that have already been in the panel and either have been deemed not good enough or have stepped aside themselves. And that the actual third layer of players is the players that want to get into the panel. And that's how far behind they are. And that we need, as I've said before, I think we need two forwards next year to go into the starting 15 that can get four, five, six points from play if at all possible. Um and it, there is just no sign of them there's no sign of new players coming in that are going to impact this Kilkenny of team at all
1: yeah um, it is it is a big worry Um, like is there like first of all I'm going to say something now right Okay. Own Cody is going to be one of the greatest hurdles of all time could be true that could be true so when you're on about Marquee Ford replacing TJ Reid or Henry Shefflin we already have that.
0: Yeah, but he's yet to prove it. I do he agree to, he's it, yes. yet to prove it. He's yet to be proved that he's on that level. TJ Reid Reed and Henry Shefflin <laughs> I know, you're dealing, you're, dealing with some of you the greatest hurlers of all time. No, but what I'm saying to you... But they tend oh. to come from Kilkenny, Eddie. I, I know it's a, lo- it's a lofty standard to say that we need the greatest hurler of all time to come through, but that's oh, the standard out.
1: in Kilkenny. It is. But right now, Owen Cody has two young hurlers of the year yeah. in the bag. He should have an all-star this year. It was an absolute travesty that he didn't get selected for an All-Star this year. It's a joke, yeah, but they're making a mockery, of their All-Stars. Yeah. And maybe he got an All-Star. Did he get an All-Star? Did Did he might got nominated. But he, he should have got Young her of the Year. This year? Again? Yeah. yeah. 100%. I'm not sure if he got... I assume he got an All-Star. I, he must I have, have to say,
0: I've spoken, I love On Cody. I'm just saying, right well, now, the Owen Cody right now is not at that level. But he no, certainly could get to that he, level. I'm not okay, saying... Anything. I
1: think barring injuries, he'll get to that level. He is okay. absolutely brilliant no that's a fair point I wouldn't um, disagree with so it. you know and, but they're generational players there's only going to be one DJ Carey, one Henry Shefflin one TJ Reid they're, they're generational players On Cody will be the one that we hang our hat on. Okay. Um, Limerick are doing it with a team. They don't have a TJ Reid or a Henry Shefflin. That's my honest opinion. Okay. Um, they don't have a forward that you're going to be talking about in 30 years time. But they've about six of them. That guy
0: about five points again.
1: But that's it. But yeah. that's they've a team. This is what I'm saying. Yeah. Would you would you put Aaron Glan in the same breath as TJ Reid? No, but I put him in the same breath as on Cody. Right now you would, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but what I'm saying to you is, you wouldn't put him in the same breath as Henry Shefflin. No You know So this is this no. is the point Owen Cody's a young man What's he 21? He'd be my age About 23 Right So still Super player right Yeah Regardless So I, I completely Take on board your point Again this comes back To like Luke Scanlon This year for James Stevens Has been absolutely fantastic it's Been brilliant I've no doubt in my mind Derek Ling will give Luke Scanlon a call There's, a, there's no yeah. There's no It's a complete no brainer Yeah then the question is going to be which we will never know is Luke Scanlon could turn around when he answers that phone and says no um, I'm going to focus on my career I had that I've been there I've tried that and I've kicked on with it yeah and so you're on about the third layer of players that want to play for Kilkenny it's all well and good wanting to You know, there's lots of things I want to do. But that's where we need them to come from, is it not? We don't need players that have been there in the past. We don't
0: need the players that are there currently because we still have to win and earn with those players. We need new players to come in from the cold to an extent from their clubs into the team make a major impact
1: oh yeah but you need you need a young player to step up and, and light up a championship and really stand out Billy Drennan has done it at at, un, at under 20 level for Kilkenny Billy Drennan never did it at just so you're aware of this now I never seen Billy Drennan in a club match for Galmoy at junior and said wow yeah. what a hurler well, he's this. very young though isn't he he is but he would have been playing for Galmoy this is his third year with the Galmoy team he's only 20 but the point I'm saying is yeah. d- Billy Drennan's discovered on the basis of what he's done at underage with Kilkenny, not on the basis of what There's he's not done. not many of them either, is there? No, but this is where they're finding them from. Yeah. Uh, Killian, Killian Doyle. is being selected on the basis of what he's done at underage level Mm. for Kilkenny as opposed to what he's done at adult level for his club Mm. Um, that young uh, Anthony Wall Anthony Ireland Wall Anthony Ireland Wall he'll he'll end up getting into a Kilkenny panel based on what he's done in St Cairns College as opposed to what he's done for Dane's Fort Um, so you have to remember they come from all these other spots as well Robbie it's an argument that me and you could have for for, for two months and still not get to the bottom of it I don't believe for me I believe that the lads should be getting picked on the merit of their performances and how good they are not on the basis of well he's playing for a junior club and he, sh- he, he should get a chance I agree with
0: that too yeah.
1: Um, and then what also can happen though as well is Robbie just remember at junior is you go out and score 120 in a junior match and lads are saying I'm "Sure, it's only a junior game Yeah, that's not fair that either that
0: happens too I would agree with that
1: um, right. but look I don't know we'll all we'll all fight our own corners yeah, we'll all argue debate, our own really, isn't it, it is but like look I'm sure you, you, you just don't know where the next player is going to come out of. like there's a few other lads there like Garo Dunn at Tullerone mm-hmm. he didn't have a year that we would have expected him to have this year no. um, he's another player I expect that could potentially do it Ted Dunn with Craig Namana he's another young player that could potentially do it and, unfortunately what we need is the Klikenny under 20s to be super competitive we do, yeah,
0: and,
1: and that's not what's happening and they need to be Mark Dowling is in there now isn't yeah, he with the under 20s again man. so like, we need Mark's team to go and, and, and be competitive and maybe not, if if not winning all Ireland get us two new players that's where you'll find them yeah
0: okay fair enough look we could go on for days Eddie this has been the longest podcast of the Kilkenny Hurling Podcast you can subscribe to us on Spotify Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or anywhere where you do your podcast listening a big thanks to Eddie as always for joining me in studio we will be back next week and a big thanks to you for listening as I said we have four live games on KCLR this weekend tune in to them and tune in to the Kilkenny Hurling Podcast next Monday the Kilkenny Hurling Podcast with Eddie Skelly and Robbie Dowling. Brought to you by KCLOR and Scoreline.ie.